Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Here to kick off episode number 121 in season 13. We are the Retro Wrestling Podcast here to romp you through that world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy diddy. Quinn, it's good to be with you here on this Monday, March the 11th, 2019. We are trudging through winter and counting down towards the spring, Quinn. Now, this is the beginning of some kind of season, right? Yes. Folks, you can spring on over to Twitter, by the way, if you want to, yeah. <laughs> at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is VPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place to talk to you, me, and a bunch of other retro wrestling fanatics is over on Facebook. Over at Facebook.com slash Packy. It's <laughs> yes. a good website. Um, mm-hmm. And over there, you go in the search bar, right? right. Remember how there's a search bar on there is. the internet? Yes, and, you got to pet your tab at the search and it's bar. it's like connected to tubes or something uh-huh. with Al Gore. I don't know. He invented the anyway, internet. you type in the search bar, our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. And once you hit the enter button or the search button. Kaflui? Kaflui happens, right? And then Kaflui. that Kaflui pushes that request into the tubes. You hit the button to join. We approve it. Another message down the tube. So the operators are like, oh, he wants to join. Great. Or or she wants to join. Whoever. We have like three girls in the group. And and they let you in. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And what we do over there is we talk about retro wrestling. We talk about some current stuff, too, but mainly the retro wrestling. And it's a fun time. It's a fun environment. It's the middle school lunch table of uh, wrestling groups. That's what they call it on the Internet. That's what they call it on the Internet. And uh, what we try to do is welcome everyone from any retro wrestling background, whether you've only liked the WWF your whole entire life, whether you've watching everything for a long time or maybe you just started watching wrestling or getting into the older stuff maybe watch the crockett promotions right. or the after bags or yeah something. don't call them Sorry. that yeah i don't know don't call them the after mags <sighs> anyway quinn so you can go to the facebook group it'll be a really fun time no matter how long you've been watching wrestling no matter who you like or don't like Come over, come one, come all, come on already. Check it out on Facebook. And also later on in the show, we'll have some info on our Patreon. We do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And that is if and only if you want to donate. We're not trying to do this for the money. It's not a get rich quick type of scheme there, Michael. Not that kind of scheme. No blue chews here. <laughs> yeah, no blue chewing will yeah. be going on here. Uh, but folks, we are on the uh, cusp here of a new season. And this is episode number 121, episode one of season 13, if you will. Wow. And yeah, we have a new segment. Quinn and I, if you're newer to the show, maybe this is your first episode. Sorry if it is and you don't know what the hell we're talking about. But Quinn and I like to change our opening segment every 10 episodes. Kind of like Netflix. We have a season. It's nice. It's a a nice nice change of pace. Yes, it is. It's it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Regis, you're beautiful. (laughs) It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Quinn, this segment was actually your idea. We put up a poll a couple of weeks ago on Facebook and you guys voted and thank you for that of what you thought was the best opening segment for this new season. And Quinn, your choice here won out. I was very surprised. I was too. I I thought it would lose. (laughs) I I did too. It is called From a Star to a Jobber. And this is where we explore 
a wrestler, maybe a tag team or something like that, that started off with a push, that started off as a promising superstar, maybe had a great career, maybe won a title, maybe won several titles, or maybe was just really, really hot. And then before you know it, they're doing jobs on a syndicated show or something like that, or they're they're, never getting a win. Or on Saturday night or superstars and no one cares. Exactly. And this is to kind of differentiate. It's not just someone that got old and wound down their career. Like, we're not talking like Jim Bronzel, who was around forever and then was a job guy on Superstars. Right. We're talking about people who, like, were still young, sort right. of, or could at least perform. Correct. You know, maybe they were past their prime, but they weren't, like, completely dead. Right. Exactly. Like They weren't, like, 50. They were maybe 38. Right. And still exactly. had gas left in the tank. And I think it's an interesting study. And we're going to start it off with one, I think, who really encapsulates and epitomizes the whole concept the Renegade. He was supposed to be the hot poop in, in the was. WCW, the World Championship Wrestling. Now, The Renegade, if you watched WCW in 1995, first of all, sorry to hear that. Uh, what? <laughs> Quinn and I did. Hey, I liked it. I know, I know. And The Renegade was played by a guy named Richard or Rick Wilson. Yeah, I never even knew his name. That's no, alright. Most people don't. Most people know him as Renegade, and he was actually trained by the one and only Killer Kowalski. What? The same guy that, that the, trained uh, Triple H. Uh, this guy didn't end up being Triple H, no, did he? <laughs> certainly did not. He started in 1992. He had an initial gimmick known as Rio, Lord of the Jungle. I guess up in the New England Mat Wars or wherever he was Wait, this was New England Mat Wars related? (laughs) I don't know. He also wrestled in uh, the Japan promotion War. I've heard of that before, actually. But in 1995, Hulk Hogan, as annoying as he was, with Jimmy Hart. Well, you know the thing that really amazes me, Jimmy Hart, my best friend. And Randy Savage and the unfortunate team known as the Monster Maniacs. Yes, didn't they search for him in the in the jungles or something? I don't know what Hulk Hogan said. Yeah, so they basically began hyping up an ultimate surprise. Mm. What everybody wants to know, is it the ultimate swerve? Is it the ultimate one? Or just the ultimate surprise? Okay, the usage of the word ultimate over and over again. The association with Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. Clearly, Quinn, who do you think they're hinting and intimating at? Uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Ever heard of him? Ever heard, he's good, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, much better than the Renegade. And that's saying something, by the way. Well, yeah. Now, so they're going on and on about this ultimate surprise. You know, they're feuding with Ric Flair, Vader, that whole contingency. You know, the, the usual suspects <laughs> that it's they always feud with. That's, whole, that's Hogan's whole 95, basically. And most of, like, and 96. Of- and then he's still feuding with Flair in, like, 99. <laughs> and in TNA, I bet, yeah. right? I'm sure that happened. So I'm asking you, Rick. You're setting me up again. No, I'm not. You're setting me up again. No, I'm not. So Hogan and Savage are hyping up their ultimate surprise, ultimate surprise, blah, 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 leading up to Uncensored 95. so ultimate. Very. So who do we get but a guy vaguely, and I mean vaguely, (laughs) reminiscent of the Ultimate Warrior. he had the uh, singlet from when the Warrior had the, like... The the shitty Warrior. The the shitty Warrior. So it's like, it was. I guess it was, like, consistent, at least, when he left. So some kind of continuity there. He had long, puffy, dirty, brown, dirty, blonde hair. Yeah. He had face paint. Mm -hmm. He He, looked different, like, every time when the Warrior looks different. That's true. It it could be assumed that maybe it's him. He was, like, 5'10 and maybe weighed 240. (laughs) Yeah, it's like if the Warrior shrunk. (laughs) And didn't do steroids. Right. And he was billed as the Renegade. He had similar music to the Warrior. It was probably like Jimmy Hart wrote it like in his underpants at 2 a.m. You know what I mean? Just like knock us out. like Miami studio from Coliseum Video or whatever, like on the lake. Baby, baby. Oh, baby. I love you. Yes, I do. So anyway, this guy charges into WCW 
And he really does charge. He does charge, literally, and he sucks. Like, yeah. immediately it's clear this guy is no, not even yeah. a tenth of the talent, charisma, appeal, anything of the Ultimate Warrior. Which is, it's really hard to believe for me because Jim right. Helwig is notably a shitty performer. Overall, but he had charisma and a great right. look. I don't know. I guess he had, like, money know-how or something, so he was able to get his character over, his persona. True. Very smart guy. He was he smart was. about that, and... You know, this guy was just like a goon from the New England Matt Wars yeah, or something. You know, and he was just like doing a job. The Renegade, high intensity. He's got that Hulkamania running through him. You can tell that. Now look at these paint. You know what the biggest problem is with this guy, I would say, right off the bat? What is it? Being associated with Hulk Hogan in 1995 is like an automatic demerit in my book. Like, Really? You think so? Hogan's not cool in 95. He hangs and bangs. He hungs and bungs. Quinn. Joe. I mean, he's got Brutus Beefcake Quinn's his friend or being something. Being associated with Hulk Hogan in 1995 is like contracting hepatitis C. <laughs> oh. oh, come on! No, like seriously. But he's friends with Macho there Man. Is, Macho Man in 95 ain't no prize either. So cool. Angelo Poffo yeah, hanging Angelo out with Poffo? them. Come I on. Mean, I mean, he's got the Angelo Poffo rub. <laughs> what rub? <laughs> yeah, actually, what am I even talking about? <laughs> Angelo Poffo. Who the fuck knows anything about Angelo Poffo? He like, told seriously. you. He did a lot of sit-ups once on Ripley's Believe It or Not. <laughs> not with Dean Cain, Not the right? Dean Cain one. Yeah. I can't help it. He he's, was Superman. He, he's so influential. <laughs> so anyway, back to the Renegade. So basically what happens here is they skyrocket him to the mid card, the upper mid card. He wins the TV title. Which I always thought was like, oh, they're making him like the Ultimate Warrior, right. like Intercontinental, like basically just some other title that's not the world title. Yeah. And you know who he beat for it too? Unfortunately, Arn Anderson, like of yeah. all people. Well, you got to really make him look good right I guess so against Arn Anderson like Arn Anderson's like the consummate TV champion right. like, that's kind of bullshit actually I don't like that the Renegade taking flight one two three And then he had a defense against Paul Wonderful Orndorff at Bash at the Beach 95. You know, the Baywatch Bash at the Beach. Oh, right, right. And by then even, if not earlier, the crowd was already kind of booing this guy. And I think really the biggest offense that Richard Wilson committed Mm -hmm. is that he wasn't the ultimate warrior. It's true. And you know what's sad, though? Like, I think that was more the, the older crowd at that point in time who turned on him because as a kid I thought it was like super cool. Did you really? Well I was just like this is so awesome it's like he's the new version of the Ultimate War like I thought like he was like a new and improved for the 90s baby. Well I guess it's uh, you know what Quinn I guess it's fair because the Warrior hadn't been around in a mainstream promotion since 1992 yeah, and wouldn't return until the following year to a big promotion. In fact, I want to make a point here make is it. that by the time the Warrior actually did come back in the World Wrestling Federation, right. I was super hyped for him partially because the Renegade primed me a little bit. <laughs> like, I, I know that sounds weird, but it does sound weird. Now, by the end of 1995, after Jimmy Hart had turned heel at Halloween Havoc, he was still managing the Renegade technically, but Hart turned on him like right away (laughs) and cut like a worked shoot promo, basically saying, you're not a Renegade, you're just plain old Rick. And he like threw water on him to wash his makeup off. Actually, yeah. Baby, get up there and buy him on the keister. That's around the time where Hogan got his mustache shaved. Right. <laughs> you gotta love 95 WCW. Now, if I recall after that happened, then he became like 
not they they didn't say it was a biker, but he came off as some kind of like suave, right. like regular guy. But his name just happened to be the renegade. Right. Like, so, yeah, he basically comes back in early '96, right, as a pretty much a jobber, and that's that's the thing here with this, and this is the type of trajectory we're talking about on these start a jobber segments that we're going to do. He debuts in uncensored which is March of 95. Right. By the end of 95, not only is his gimmick kind of stripped of him. He has water thrown in his face. <laughs> by Jimmy Hart. He's called Rick. By early 96, he's literally a jobber. And here's the thing that you might not know, and you might not even remember this. Mm-hmm. He was around until 98. I know that, too. You remember? I, I, well, here's Saturday the thing night. is, I watch a lot of uh, old nitros from time to time right and i've like seen him like appear as just a jobber on like 1998 monday right. nitro the only thing that differentiated him from a regular jobber is he had a gimmick name he had a gimmick name but i mean like there was a lot of gimmick jobbers so he just kind of blended in that's what, true you know <laughs> right. what I mean? yeah, like, there was the gambler and yeah, all that you shit know, right. hole in one darso <laughs> right. and all them the renegade a powerful man and the gambler well the gambler hits him right in the face with the cards Unfortunately, his last appearance was uh, in the World War Three. I uh, think was which, his, which year ninety eight and end of uh, ninety eight, and then so he, that was really like World War Six, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> and he unfortunately um, took his own life in February of ninety nine. Oh, really? I did not know that. Young age, Quinn. Aww. He was he was our age, thirty three. Oh, you just dropped a surprise on I'm me. Sorry here. About I didn't that. realize. I thought he was you know alive and kicking no. on some construction site or <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> but for the I sake of, I didn't even mean that because I, no. I actually what I was trying to get at is that I believe he was also part of the like Jim Bronzel and all those like muscly men. Like you mean uh, Jim Powers Jim and all Powers, the muscly yeah, men? No, no, like, no. But you know, for the sake of completion, I wanted to just mention that. But here's what I think went wrong: he wasn't talented to begin with. Uh, anything beyond what he should have been, which was a right. jobber. Unfortunately, I mean, he was a young guy that clearly wanted to get in the business. Yes. And I actually can't fault him for it because the business was hot. Who doesn't want to get in the business? I just think that the head honchos over there at World Championship Wrestling, they gave him a shitty gimmick and like he was yeah. just cursed. Like I think bringing that guy in as a replacement or a poor imitation of the Ultimate Warrior spelled doom from the beginning. Even though he was hot for a few months, there was no way that's sustainable. The real Ultimate Warrior was still alive. Yeah, and then what would would have happened if the if he was still doing that and he was still pushed? And then in '98, when the Ultimate Warrior actually came right. into WWE, would he have to like beat him in two seconds and be like, "I'm the real warrior," or whatever? <laughs> I'm the real warrior, Hulk Hogan. So I think that it's unfortunate that he. It's a case of too much too soon. If he had come in and debuted not as the Renegade, maybe as something else, and just wrestled on Saturday night and pro and worldwide yeah. and beat other jobbers and worked his way up, he probably would have been. I mean, he's a young guy. He came in at age 30, 29. He probably would have been something. You know, honestly. You remind me of somebody when you say too much too soon. Yeah. Tony Atlas. <laughs> he's kind of like that but it's true honestly i mean i think i don't even know who's more talented there honestly <laughs> i feel bad for for richard wilson and what happened to him i don't think that it's his fault though yeah that's the honest thing it I really think. wasn't his fault and actually you know too bad he passed away because i have a feeling that they could have repackaged him in like wwf in like the late 90s like he could have come in vince russo could have picked a gimmick oh, for vince him. russo would have probably done something like to play off the renegade yes, thing but he, it would have been actually like funny or like it would have been like more of a like fwcw kind of right. thing like like gilberg almost yeah exactly because russo at least if nothing else he came up with good stuff for people right he would have taken the controversy of him being fake ultimate warrior yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if he would mock it as much as he'd probably make him cool. People call you the warrior, bro. You're not the warrior. You're a renegade, bro. You're going to come in here. You know, like yeah, something like that. Exactly. You know how Russo was, bro. So overall with this, uh, this renegade, it's inevitable if you're going to debut as a ripoff of something. That's what I think the problem is. Any ripoff gimmicks, maybe Demolition's a notable exception, but yeah. any gimmicks like this, It'd be like if they brought in the fucking Gravedigger, who was like an indie guy that imitated The Undertaker, and no, I'm not kidding, it's a real thing. <laughs> That's the Gravedigger, Corey Mackler. Yeah. His first appearance on USWA Championship Wrestling. Well, that's the thing WCW probably <laughs> right. would do, actually. It'd be like that. You come in, you're you're built up by Hulk Hogan in 95, who's the most annoying human being on Earth, <laughs> maybe tied with Jimmy Hart. And also, Angelo Poffo's building you up, too. Right. Don't forget that. It's very <laughs> right. important. Savage. That whole clique of people, just awful. Of course you're going to fall from grace very quickly, because yeah. where do you go from there? You come in, build as the ultimate warrior, and you're not. And he's especially cursed because the NWO happened, and then all yeah. those guys turned heel and shit. It's so true. it's like now Renegade's just left flailing. Yeah, so it's no wonder he's doing jobs on Nitro with Joe Gomez or whoever, you <laughs> yeah. know, and fighting Aww. the horseman and yeah. just renegated, relegated to Saturday night, losing a wrath, yeah. shit like Horrible. that. Yeah, honestly. So I feel bad for the guy, but I don't think there was any place to go but down if you're going to debut like that. What do yeah. you think? There was really no place to go. I mean, I guess they could have gone with it, but I really think that Jimmy Hart thing, now that we like look back on it, it kind yeah. of like really screwed him. It was basically like WCW saying, yeah, your push is over and we want everyone to know it. Yeah, and we don't want anyone to ever think of you as good. Like, so, that's what was even worse. And that's very WCW. Like, when they're <laughs> done with somebody, they're just like, well, we don't know how to use them now, so yeah. bye. So can we blame the whole thing on Hulk Hogan? Are you okay with that? I'd like to. Yeah, and probably like <laughs> WCW management. Well, who was booking in 95? Was that Kevin Sullivan? Sullivan? Yeah. When did Dusty stop booking? Do you know? 93? Oh, and then Flair took over? before. I think he stopped booking when he left the company. I thought when he came back though in 91 or whenever it was like I think he was like a consultant he was never put in a position of power because he was like overthrown if I recall so it was flair 93 94 then Sullivan yeah until uh Bischoff started having more and more hands in it the book no Uh, he he helped he didn't have a book until like Florida championship wrestling thing or whatever like that what is that the one that WWF yeah the one WWF did yes before CW yeah he doesn't even own a gun yeah I don't even own a gun. So unfortunate, but that is what happens, you know, when you have too much too soon, when you come in way too overhyped and you really don't have a the talent experience or the look or the charisma or the anything to live up to what you're being hyped to. That's kind of what happened, folks. What we want to do is we want to get your suggestions. Who are some people that came in really hot, had a good push, maybe won a title, but before long, were relegated to doing jobs, to losing, maybe being stripped of their gimmick, you know, to yeah. kind of being a nobody. We'll have more as this season rolls on. And we want to know also, what do you think of the Renegade? Was there any saving him? You know, could anything have happened that would have helped the Renegade's career? Or was it all downhill after the debut? Let us know that by going to Twitter. You can do that on our Facebook group, or you can email us. But Quinn, when we come back, it is the first ever Royal Flush. What's that? What is that? Well, we're going to tell you all about it right after this. Join Nature Boy Ric Flair, the Total Package Lex Luger, Sting, and many other superstars of World Championship Wrestling for a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience on the Bruise Cruise. Sail on the MS New Amsterdam from Tampa November 30th 
And not only will you visit the exotic beaches off Key West, Cozumel, Grand Cayman, and Ocho's Rios, Jamaica, but you can be part of special WCW events, including beach parties, wrestling events, and photo and autograph sessions. Make your Bruce Cruise reservations now. Have the time of your life on the Bruce Cruise. Woo! And now, back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast here on episode number 121. Wow, that's a weird number. It really is, right? It's an odd number, literally an odd number. And it's Monday, March 11th, 2019. We're almost into spring, which is my favorite time of year. Quinn, I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, and I just want to refresh everyone real quick here. We do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We don't try to grovel for your money. We put out extra content if you guys want to donate. Yeah, we work hard for the money. We do. <laughs> so you better treat us right. And we have three tiers, $2, $3, and the highest tier is only 5 bucks. Only 5 And what that tier gets you is not only do you get raw video each and every Monday of the making of this show, this specific episode is out right now on Patreon, the raw video feed of it. You can wow. see Quinn's Coke. Yeah. He has a Coca-Cola. So right here. That is every Monday. For $3 a month, you get the raw video and bi-weekly 1982 WWF Championship Wrestling. Quinn and I live watch it with you it's guys. It's quite amazing, really. I mean, we've really taken the journey, the plunge. It's yes, been we fantastic. Have. So you can go watch it with us. Yep, and we're in the end of October right now, so it's been a fun time. And on the $5 tier, it is the monthly pay-per-view reviews where Quinn and I go through every WWF pay-per-view in order. Last month for February was WrestleMania, and coming out any day now, very soon, will be the Wrestling classic it's the most classic event yeah not, not really really something so that's patreon.com if you want to donate patreon.com slash ovp podcast and i also want to mention be on the lookout for the hall of fame bites because it is wrestlemania season quinn yeah the hall of fame bites where quinn and i are going to take two new inductees and we're going to talk about them for a half hour it's video and audio so check those out as well but quinn it is wrestlemania season mm-hmm. and with that in mind the Royal Rankings for this season is going to have a new component added to it. Yeah, a new module. <laughs> a new module in the scientific lab that so, we have so here. So the scientific method is somewhat changing, sort of. And this might be a test run of this yeah. method. Maybe it'd only be for one season. Right. We're conducting two experiments this yeah. season. Experiments. So, experiments. So what we're doing, this is round one, folks, of the Royal Flush. Now, what is the Royal what? Flush? Okay. We asked you guys a few weeks back, to give us your top 10 and your worst 10 WrestleManias. We added those into the mixer here, and the the top contenders are in the pool, and we're going to pull out two names each week, but we're going to alternate weeks. So on the odd-numbered episode, starting with this one, it's going to be the Royal Flush. The 10 worst WrestleManias will yes, be ranked. real putrid uh, <laughs> yes. contenders over here. And, and I guess number one is the worst. Yes. It's like opposite. Correct. Right? And next week's episode will be the first round of the Royal Rankings, the 10 best, the good stuff. Right. Number one would be the best there. So That's just right. so you understand, yep. the higher, the worse in the, this flush thing. This is the Royal Flush. Now, there's been, there will be, very soon, 35 WrestleManias, Quinn. Jeez, and we're going to this 35th We're going one. to the 35th one. I was just one. asking Joe before. I was like, <laughs> what WrestleMania are we even going to? What is this? It is like, a fair is question. Is 37, 6? Because they've kind of got, like, <laughs> they've kind of done away with the numbering now. Now yeah, it's just WrestleMania. Now it's WrestleMania, like, theme symbol yeah. or something. Like, the sign is different. <laughs> WrestleMania like, asterisk, yeah. you know, things yeah. like that. But there have been 34 of them as of press time, and uh, there will be 35 shortly. And it is WrestleMania season, so in the spirit of that, we figured we'd give you a little WrestleMania nostalgia. 
People are very strong in their opinions of the best and the worst. That and, is true. And we wanted to get scientific about it. This is where we take them on a holistic approach. Now, I want to preemptively say here, if you think the shows on the worst list here are like actually the best in your opinion, sorry. It's yeah. like you guys voted for it. This so. is this is the top 10 as voted by the fans and we rank them basically. Right. They so come- if we're, ma- we, we're ranking one as the worst here, it's because that was voted as the worst right. you know there could be some heartbreaking ones ones that quinn or i really like that yeah. were voted in as one of the worst there could be ones that we really don't like that were voted in as one of the best yeah we have to rank possible. them we have to find the good and the bad in these rank them holistically with that said let's go to howard finkel and the royal flush ladies and gentlemen it is now time for the royal and now WrestleMania 11. Uh-oh. Bart Gunn meets Tough Man winner and IBA Super Heavyweight Champion Butterbean. The timekeeper, Herb. And check this out, Jerry the King Lawler. Now, reality has just set in for Michael Cole here at WrestleMania. The wild man, Mark Morrow, ladies and gentlemen. Not sure those outfits are legal either, Jess. Buddhist, this is incredible. What a package. It's the Royal Flush. <laughs> what a package. <laughs> Round one. Whoa. I, now, that was the first time, folks, I've ever heard that music. <laughs> yes, so it is. So I actually had to hold the mute button the whole time we were doing that because I was dying. Uh, the worst of the worst, Quinn, is the toilet's flush. <laughs> we're going to flush 10 WrestleManias down the crapper. It's like the Dungeon of Doom music, <laughs> except with toilets flushing. <laughs> Very appropriate uh, music there, I think. The worst of the worst in terms of WrestleManias, we're going to take them and we're going to flush them here. What are the 10 worst? We're going to find out two of them here. So without any further ado, Quinn, why don't we all find out which WrestleMania drew number one? This is Jesse the Body Ventura. Welcome to WrestleMania 2. WrestleMania 2! Woof, woof, indeed. Now, some people think this is a good WrestleMania, like Brandon Stroud at Uprocks. <laughs> I over love there. Brandon it, too. It's but... actually like noted on the Wikipedia <laughs> for some reason. It is. It's like somehow that it's better than one or right, whatever. Right. WrestleMania 2 got a lot of votes here. It is one of the worst. It took place on April 7th, 1986, when Quinn was still just about in utero. Yeah, I was a fetus or something. <laughs> you were still a fetus. And WrestleMania 2 sure is a bunch of feet because I, I've never liked it. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never liked it either. So I don't disagree with it being voted in as one of the worst. I think it's got a lot of problems. Namely, the first one to me is the this spread across three arenas right. thing. Let's start with that. So whereas WrestleMania 1 was held in a nice, compact home location. You know, like a normal show? <laughs> right. Like just in one building? <laughs> of Madison Square Garden. I guess Vince McMahon coming off of Starcade doing the dual location thing right. was like, oh, fuck them. We gotta do three. This seems to be an 80s fad in general. It's like Live Aid and stuff. <laughs> it's like, we're doing it across everywhere. Yeah, which... We're gonna get more gate or something. Yeah, more gate. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, seriously, is that really the motivation? Maybe. So what they did here is on the East Coast in Nassau would be one hour's worth of WrestleMania. At the Rosemont in Chicago would be another hour's worth for yeah, the Central Time and that Zone. Toilet had been used much uh, <laughs> for last the classic. Year for the classic, yeah. yeah. And then for the West Coast people, another hour's worth would be at the LA Coliseum, the sports arena. Right. Excuse me, the sports arena. Now, is it true that the people that were at these shows they had 
some kind of closed circuit to see the other parts. Right. So, yeah. So what they did is if whatever arena you were in, you had your one hour of live wrestling. And then for the other two, you watched it on a giant screen. (laughs) There's nothing like going to a live event, paying the money to go watch some of the event and then watch the rest on a television in the center of the ring or something. Right. And especially you got to feel bad for the LA people because they had to sit through the first two hours. And the first two hours aren't exactly a, great they're not riveting uh, entertainment here so wrestlemania 2 is also notable for being very poorly produced oh yeah well i i don't think okay i want to be fair to this show go be fair Um, when you say poorly produced i just think they just didn't have the technology it's not like a matter of bad production it's actually like for the time very advanced production well it's yeah it's definitely uh it's definitely ambitious right to be it's, able to no, do something it, like no this. No doubt, like technologically, it's yep. ambitious. It's like it it is when Gene talks about high tech. <laughs> like this, believe it or not, for its time was very high tech. It was tech. Yeah. No, you're right, Quinn. It was tech. One of the things, one of the unfortunate side effects is that it spread not only the ring announcers, not only the referees, but the commentators. It spread them very thin. So you right. wind up with weird shit. You wind up with guest commentators. Yes, for every show. For everything, yeah. So for the New York, it's Vince McMahon and Susan St. James. <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 Now, that, we say that because the whole damn show, at least the part she's doing, she says, uh-oh, 40 million times. Yes. Uh-oh. For the uh, Rosemont, it's Gorilla Monsoon with Kathy Lee Crosby, and I believe Jean's there sometimes. Now, Kathy Lee Crosby, who, she was married to somebody. I don't... Like, well, Susan St. James was married to Dick Ebersole. Right. Kathy Lee Crosby is also, like, connected to somebody involved here, I She think. must be. I mean, she wasn't a big star in the yeah, 80s that no. I know of. Well, they weren't getting big star this no, isn't wrestlemania true. one like, <laughs> and then on the uh on the la and we had jesse ventura handling most of the play by play like jesse had to yeah. like anchor things down and, and lord shit with lord shit and elvira what can i say like, not much what what celebrities we got here right. so many good celebrities and so they do three main events one from each location the main event of the nassau is the boxing match between right. mr t Who's accompanied by the Haiti kid, Quinn's yeah, favorite that jerk, and Joe Frazier. <laughs> and Joe Frazier yep. taking on Roddy Piper with Bob Orton, of course, and his trainer Lou Duva. Yeah, so now Lou Duva, he's somebody. He's like he Mike Tyson's a bunch of trainer no, or something. Not Tyson, but I forget who they, they said some notable boxing boxers. Man. Yeah. yeah, Evander Holyfield. But here's the problem. First of all, with this main event. It's a boxing match on a wrestling event, which Nobody I never wants like. To see this, and the other the crowd thing is, like, it. Um, Roddy Piper isn't a real boxer, so no. And T T really wasn't either. P- no, Piper was an amateur boxer. Golden was gloves, he? yes, oh. he was. But either way, it's a wrestling show. Anytime you're doing boxing on wrestling, I don't like it. And the thing is, they really go all in with the boxing. On they this. act like, like it's good. Like most of the time, they're boxing. It's 15 minutes practically. Yeah, this it's thing. Ridiculous. Seriously, the other matches on the new New York show are all short. And then you have 15 minutes of boxing that the crowd turns on. T, I mean, a uh, Piper finally ends it with a body slam. I, mercifully, really, like, seriously. Like I am excited by the time the sixth round comes, and right. I know he's going to be body slamming this fool, <laughs> this fool. And then the Chicago's big highlight was the 20 man battle royal, which <laughs> featured a bunch of NFL stars, including Bill Fralick, Ed Too Tall Jones, I William like- the Refrigerator Perry. 
I don't know why, just the description of this being WWF versus NFL Battle Royal, it just sounds bad. It's every man for himself yeah. anyway, and of course, who wins it? Andre. Yeah, now Bill Falco's in that. <laughs> Freilich. And um, and the Fridge is in it yeah, also. Yeah, the Fridge, yeah. Those are the big ones. Those the, are the big names. Now, Falco's a big ass in the promos. He's great. It, He's a natural heel. I know, but... It, it's great. It sets the stage for that butthole keeps showing up. <laughs> he, like, in WCW he does. and stuff. He's everywhere. Even, is he even at the... Like, is he with Mongo at 11 or something later? He's not with Mongo, but he is at the Yokozuna Body Slam okay, Challenge in 93. That's what I'm thinking. And of course, Andre wins by last eliminating Bret Hart. Right. You know, and, I thought I could have won the I thought I could have won the Battle Royal. Now, Bret Hart, he, he, he has a dubious history of losing Battle Royals. He would lose like, it four as well. Yeah. That's correct. Now, also at the Rosemont is the probably the best thing on this yes, entire show correct. is uh, the British Bulldogs versus uh, the Dream, Dream Team. Dream Team, and they win the tag the titles. blow off to this feud. Yep, and it's a great match, too. Yeah. It's really a legitimately very good match, and Gorilla would never let it go. Yeah. That's yeah he <laughs> talks about it forever. The Dream Team like, lost. I wouldn't be surprised if in the last appearance of Gorilla Monsoon in like 1998 or something, he's like, oh, remember when it was a nightmare for the Dream Team? Like, and the Rosemont. Always mentions it. And also, I have to admit, this has like a silly celebrity guest in Ozzy Osbourne where he's like, British Bulldogs forever! <laughs> I'm going to be with them. I'm going to manage yeah, he, them. He says he's going to be like, it's like you never see him again. Right. Fantastic, man. The British Bulldogs forever! And then the LA part of the main event there, of course, was Hulk Hogan. They saved the best for last. Mm-hmm. In a rather uninspired cage match against King Kong Bundy, yeah, I've never been a fan it, of it. To me, it's just a feud that happens because of some crap on Saturday Night's main event. <laughs> right. It's like just out of nowhere. Yeah, Hogan gets his ribs taped up. You know, yeah. he gets his ribs broken. It's not that great. It's a typical Hogan versus fat guy match. What did you think about at this uh, this L.A. portion, which I kind of think was the best portion other than anything involving Uncle Elmer? Well, but, oof. But the Hoss and Terry Funk teaming up against Junkyard Dog and, and Tito. Tito, that's like, okay. We did a commentary on that a while back, and it was actually a pretty darn good match. Yeah, it's not bad, and it's probably the best of Terry Funk in WWF. Yeah, probably. Until he has that thing on his head and he's at WrestleMania Charlie. 14. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had a bunch of ring announcers. We had Howard Finkel, Chet Kopic, and Lee Marshall. Oh, Chet. Topic. Also, <laughs> why is t- Tony the Tiger here? I How did he? I, you know, I they needed someone. It's really weird to see him because I more associate him with WCW or AWA, right? And he just like. I don't know. He had this like stint over here. He did very briefly. They were great. I will say this: America the Beautiful was beautifully performed by Ray Charles. Oh yeah, in New York. America, sweet. Actually, a really good performance and surprisingly good for this show. Yep. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. You would, think, you would think like, oh, well, this WrestleMania sucks. Like the performance by the celebrity at the beginning is going to stink. It was excellent. Yeah. Don't forget, Quinn. Herb in New York. Yes. Herb and um, the Wendy's lady. What's her name? <laughs> Clara Peller. Claire. Where's the baby? She doesn't yeah. even say it. She right. just waves the mic. Yep. <laughs> There's so many disasters. There's like Ricky Schroeder's there. Booed. Isn't, um, what's the kid from Wayne from the Wonder Years? Is he at this <laughs> no, show? Jason Herb. He's no. not there. Okay. Which would be funny if he was. Kevin Arnold. Born a butthead. Lived a butthead's life. Died a butthead.
But uh, Robert Conrad is the outside ref for the cage match, and he doesn't do anything. <laughs> I don't even like remember seeing him. Like that's how like unnoticeable he is. One of the most useless WrestleMania celebrities, maybe besides Herb. Well, maybe maybe he's a little more useless than, or is he? Then remember at WrestleMania one, there was like another boxer with Muhammad Ali, and they just didn't even care. <laughs> he's like, in the crowd, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, they're oh, like he's oh, here. he's here. Yeah, Jose something. I forget yeah. his name. Now, overall, the cards of WrestleMania two. There's really nothing that stands out other than the matches that we mentioned. I mean, Magnificent Morocco and Paul Orndorff. That's where Orndorff does the uh, rather crude gesture to Mr. Fuji. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> There's also the Randy Savage match. Awful which, George. You know, well, although. George. I, yeah, George, Uh-oh. George. But I will say this is the precursor to WrestleMania 3. It is. I mean, in a it, weird it, way. The continuity of the yeah. Savage Steel feud. Yep. There's also a nice uh, segment where George Wells like has puff come out of his mouth or like his pus. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know spew. what it is. Like marshmallows. Well, it is the big splash, the big pay per view debut, and actually he had just debuted recently of Jake Roberts. He kills right. George Wells with the DDT. Yep. Uh, and then Mula faces Velvet McIntyre in Chicago in a, in a match that I've always not liked. Velvet McIntyre because she just looks terrible in this match. Well, Mula didn't want to give her anything. Obviously, right. it was a minute. This thing yeah, it was and terrible. Your favorite Quinn, Corporal Kirshner, defeated Nikolai Volkov. Flag match. <laughs> yeah, horrible. Oh. And we mentioned the other matches. And then in the L.A. portion, Steamboat faced Hercules Hernandez. Uh, when he was still a Hernandez. He was not, still a Hernandez. He wasn't from Greece or whatever yet. <laughs> Rome. You know who uh, Steamboat's original opponent was supposed to be? I hope it was the Macho Man, but it probably wasn't. No, I thought I was going to have a good match what? against Ricky Steamboat at Are WrestleMania. Are you serious? Yeah. They pulled the Brett match at the last minute. Wow. That would have been never, great. Why didn't they do that? I, that could have made Brett an uh, early singles push for Brett. I guess that goes to show you why this is on the uh, worst. Yeah, seriously. And worst. And Adrian Adonis defeated Uncle Elmer after right. Elmer like fell over early on. Right. Off. <laughs> Uncle Elmer is a piece of crap. Uncle Elmer is probably only at WrestleMania because Vince thinks he's funny. Yeah, because probably Vince likes hillbillies and yeah. hee-haw. Yeah. <laughs> he grew up watching Green, Green Acres, Acres yeah. all that shit. So that's WrestleMania 2. We'll get more on that when it comes ranking time. When right. we stack it against what drew number two. Let's find out what that is. Oh, it's a toga party, Quinn. It's WrestleMania oh, 9. Now, this show. Oh, um, man. I'm sad because I, I like it. Now, Joe and the I 1993 like acolytes over here think this is some, some masterpiece or something. Uh, it's listen. Awful. I don't think it's a masterpiece. I just think that it's not as bad as everyone says. So let's run down the card real quick here. This is Caesar's Palace, Las it's, Vegas. It's the one thing it has going for it is it's in one place. <laughs> Uh, that is also an advantage. The, the family capital center, whatever. Like, yes. What, family entertainment like capital. That this is the greatest place for families. It's gambling. <laughs> this isn't a family location. It's a parking lot. It's strippers. It's cocaine. Yeah. You know, it's high rollers here. It's people yeah. getting whacked in You're the parking su- lot. You should be emphasizing that. At least at, at um, the WrestleMania's in AC. Right. At least they were honest about the gambling. <laughs> <laughs> they, like here, they're just like, it's about kings and queens yeah, and sure. family entertainment. This was a very strange wrestlemania because it had a theme it was right. the first one to ever really have a theme unless you count seven superstars and stripes forever but i, I guess don't that's sort of a theme. not really right eh, but it's american yeah it's american it's got that going for but it what's more american than gamblers and strippers quinn yeah. and wrestlemania 9 was held in the parking lot of caesar's yep. palace right <laughs> literally yeah. it's a it's the biggest toga party in the world or yep. whatever had a roman coliseum theme 
<laughs> which is very strange. I will say this. Outdoor WrestleMania, I always dig the outdoor shows. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about it. It's got I, a different look. Well, here's the thing. is like all of them are outdoors now. Like the yeah, new ones, like so yeah. some like football stadium. True, so. but this was rare back then. Yeah, it is true. That's true. So it, it was a little novel. It was the debut of Jim Ross. My very first WrestleMania, first time that yours truly from the great state of Oklahoma has ever been in a token myself. Yep. On commentary, uh, he replaced Grill. Grill is there briefly in the beginning, like. Oh, welcome to WrestleMania yeah. 9. Here's Jim Ross. Isn't he like the host or something? <laughs> yeah, like, like, it's, like <laughs> it's it's in that. Whenever somebody is being phased out, they're the host of something. Like, remember when like Hulk Hogan hosted WrestleMania, but he wasn't like they were. That was like the signal of like, he's not wrestling. Right. The Rock did the same thing. Right. Oh, he's not wrestling. He's just hosting. Randy Savage hosted SummerSlam 94. Right. It's always with people that like, yeah, they're a star. Like even Gorilla is a star in his own right. Oh, of course. So it's like. You know, that's just the role. Yep, that's the role. So it is. Everyone's in a toga right down to Howard Finkel, or should I say Finkus Maximus? Yes, and Bobby gets like embarrassed <laughs> at the camel. Ugh, it's funny, though. Yeah. Anyway, and the card here, I'm going to run it down for you. Mm-hmm. We have Tatanka challenging Shawn Michaels well, for the IC title. Let's not forget, there's a dark match. There is. Though. It's very dark. It's Tito versus Papa Shango, so that's very dark. You know, <laughs> Tito Santana versus Papa Shango. I want the footage of that to see the light of day. I don't know. I want to see that. I think that's as likely as the radio WWF oh, commentary man. of WrestleMania 10. But So Tatanka has Sherry with him because <gasps> Sherry is obviously... <laughs> I hate all of this. But heard about her, uh, you know, Sean hitting her with a mirror and Sean didn't care. Sean brings out for her debut Luna Vashon. I I wouldn't say he brings her out she as much as she him. like follows him in the shadows. Like yeah. and she's like, nah. you know what she reminds me of? You What's remember? That? Do you remember a um, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves movie? Yes, and there was I that do. like witch or whatever. It's the Kevin Costner one, right? Like that witch yes. with the long nails. That's what Luna reminds me of okay. here. Like mm, fair. So maybe she was aping that. I don't know. I think she was just being Luna. Mm-hmm. This match is not as good as it should be, and it's mainly because Tatanka's not very good. Yeah, also, like, <laughs> it's okay, though. face Sherry is weird. I don't like it. I don't like it at all, I either. do like that Luna beats her up afterwards. It's yeah, very but funny. what I don't like is that Sherry, after, like, all these years of them, like, being like, she's so dangerous, True. she just gets the shit beat out of her. It's like, <laughs> when she finally has, like, a confrontation, yeah. she's like, oh, I'm hurt! Like, she's like Miss Elizabeth all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Steiner Brothers take on the Head Shrinkers in a very good match. Very, very good hard-hitting tag match. Well, when you have Samu involved. True. That's always a plus. The ever-present Samu. JR yeah. calls that one a slobber knocker, by the way. Back in Oklahoma, Bobby, we call a match like this a slobber knocker. Uh, right. we, we have one of my favorite angles, Quinn. Doink the Clown right. versus Crush. The, Dave, the Dave. David Copperfield <laughs> incident here, where there's like two doinks. Yeah, Steve Kern is the other one. Oh, is he? Yes, he is. Skinner. I like that angle. I don't care what anyone says. I have no problem with it. Crush loses. Doink's great. To me, this is actually like the last part of the show that's like, okay. Like acceptable. <laughs> Razor Ramon defeats Bob Backlund in like three minutes Nobody for no cares. reason. Bob yeah. Backlund's like, hi! <laughs> like he's got the stupid coat on. He's all like pasty. He's very Princeton, Minnesota. And his hair is still puff. Oh, it's bad. And everyone cheers Razor even though he's a heel, which is very <laughs> yeah. funny. It's, it, nobody cares about Bob Backlund at this point. And of course, uh, the first half of the main event here, it's Money, Inc., the tag mm. champions defending against the Mega Maniacs, Brutus and Hogan with all, Jimmy Hart. All bad. Awful match, Now, Quinn. Money, Inc., I've said my piece on 
on how shitty they are. They're not as good as I think I used to think they were. No, they're bad. They're, they, they're just really bad. They're really boring. They're yeah. very, very boring. And DiBiase is like cheap version of DiBiase. Yeah, like the checked out kind of I don't care anymore DiBiase. Right. And meanwhile, you got the Mega Maniacs, which is like the shitty version of the Mega Powers, which we'd already seen in SummerSlam 89. Just <laughs> not as true. good. Right. And yeah. Beefcake's also got his lady face mask oh, thing. God. And it's and- like, oh, I'm hurt. Hang gliding or something. <laughs> Power selling. Whatever. Everyone on the face team, I'm talking Jimmy, Brutus, and Hogan, are in their worst forms. Like I've always said, 93 <laughs> to 95 Hogan is insufferable. Don't they even like celebrate with the tag belts even though they don't even win them? Yeah, they get like, disqualified. Somehow, somehow that happens. They open the briefcase, they give the money away. Hogan's annoying. Jimmy Hart's annoying. Everyone's now, annoying. Actually, we do have to mention this. Remember, Hulk Hogan has the, they say there's a boat accident, but really like Macho Man beat him up or something. That, no, Macho Man didn't Elizabeth, really beat him up. What are you covered, talking we about? We covered this on, on the case, remember? I don't know what, but this this happens here. It was a boating accident, which leads me to believe how that, does that how do you, the Mega Maniacs are both bad at water sports. Now, how does a boat like hit you in the face? Remember like, we talked about this, they clipped him, a jet ski clipped him. Really? He just shouldn't do water sports. I think it's more plausible that you know, Macho punched him. punched him in the face. Even if it wasn't about Elizabeth, maybe it was just about something else because then they hate each other anyway. It's just like, I don't like the spot you're in. I'm Babe Ruth and I don't like it. I like, can't keep track of if they like each other or not. It's like the kinks or like Oasis. I don't yeah. know if they like each other, if they hate each other. Because they could have just argued about Savage not being a wrestler on the card too. Like that, It's it's perfectly plausible it's that true. it's as simple as that. It's possible, Quinn. Lex Luger defeated Mr. Perfect in a crappy match that should have been better. Also in a weird like Shawn Michaels gets involved. Oh, that's thing. my favorite part is that, Perfect gets knocked out by Luger's forearm, right. chases him to the back and for no reason Shawn Michaels with no shirt and jeans on yeah. is talking to Luger and Michaels attacks him and it's great. Yeah. I love it. Now this is only okay because of the next year when this comes back to <laughs> like circle. haunt Lex Luger. <laughs> like I can't even, I am still stunned that they made lemonades out of this lemon of a pay-per-view right. and like actually used a storyline thread that never got mentioned again until WrestleMania 10. One year later. Like it's actually kind of brilliant. It is pretty impressive. I'll give you that. This is not impressive. The Undertaker Ugh. Ugh. takes on a man who had uh, illegally eliminated him at Rumble 93. The seven foot seven, sad, sad case of Jorge Gonzalez, the giant Gonzalez. And your he, favorite, he's Quinn. He's so big and powerful that he has to use chloroform on the chloroform. Who even? <laughs> like, first of all, when does that ever come up? Chloroform? Well, where do you get that? I don't know. What the How do you grocery get store? I don't think you just go to ShopRite and is buy that, chloroform. Is that a cleaning thing? Like, it's part of it's like in bleach but or it's something. Like an Industrial solvent or something, uh, or it's I used don't know. for uh, what is it even used for? It's embalming? not like an element or anything, is it? Uh, no, it's man made, yeah, I think, okay. right? Yeah, but where do you get chloroform? Where did know. Harvey whip? Did he break into Paul Bearer's moratorium? Maybe they make What's it called? Clorox and they just oh, is it bleach? Is that all it is? Is bleach? That's what I'm wondering, actually, because. Like, I would think it's something that would be in bleach or part of bleach. Hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I've always thought that. I thought it was just like cleaning thing. Folks, let us know what you know about chloroform. But yes, that was horrible. And then in a pretty good match, in all seriousness, it's really it's Yoko's best match. Yokozuna defeats Bret Hart. I actually for the world okay. championship. This is like an unpopular opinion, but I kind of like the WrestleMania 10 bout better. Well, it's more exciting the ending, but this is a well wrestled match. Of course, Brett would go on to bitch in his book about you know Yoko cut off my comeback. He forgot like 10 minutes of the match. And- well, Yoko was kind of new too. This is a big spot for Yokozuna. I like as far as um, Samoa 
Machine, whatever his real name is. <laughs> Coquina Maximus? What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, that. Rodney Anawai. As, yes. as far as he, like, his career is concerned, yeah. this is like he's newish. He just debuted in October of 92, quickly killed Virgil at Survivor Series, won the Rumble. Yeah, because that Yak- Yakazuma or whatever. <laughs> he complains about him to foreshadow for this. This Yakazuma. Savage forgets how Royal Rumbles work. Big falls don't Right. So Yoko wins, and now he's the world champion here. He defeats Bret Hart because, of course, and my least favorite thing to a Bret Hart match, Bret Hart gets him in the freaking sharpshooter right. after busting his ass to drag a good match. Fuji gets the salt, throws it it's at him. It's the only time Fuji's been very useful. It's been a long time since Fuji's had any use, he right? He won a title for this man. Yeah, that's right. Uh, of course, Bret Hart jobs to a condiment, and <laughs> Yokozuna's a new world champion, but wait! Yeah, we because <sighs> guess who, if you if you forgot, there's, there's a guy in the arena that never doesn't win the world title at WrestleMania right. at this point. And he's got stupid red pants on and he charges right. out with his dumbass black eye and he comes out and he's like, Brett's like, no, you go get him. But yeah. Brett's probably really like, no, get out of here. Now, Fuji calls him a yellow belly or something, which is weird because he does wear a yellow shirt. So that's actually not like it's not really inaccurate. That true. Yeah, yeah, it's not really un- untrue. And uh, so for some godforsaken reason, Mr. Fuji challenges Hulk Hogan on Yokozuna's behalf. Right, and Yoko's just like, okay. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, why not? So Hogan gets in the ring. Yoko immediately holds Hogan for Fuji to fire the salt in, but Hogan ducks, now punches, fires. Yeah, backfires, punches Fuji, leg drop, blah, 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 Jim Ross yells as Hogan celebrates so assily with the world title as the show goes off now, the air. this is bullshit because, yes. first of all, this is supposed to be the new generation. As much as nobody likes that, Right. Still, why the fuck is Hulk Hogan winning belts here? Vince McMahon, for whatever freaking reason, thought he could do it one last time here with Terry, and right. he couldn't. It sucked. Hogan's 93 is terrible. And Hulk Hogan doesn't even, like, defend the belt on TV until like King of the Ring. Like yes. he's, But you always note to me, and I always find this weird, is that he was on the Who Show circuit. He did the Who Shows, but mainly That's, in a tag team. To me, that seems harder than only doing the TV. TV. I don't know, like, Quinn. Yeah, no, you're right. But I don't know. Like, it's only two months. He would have to show up for like two tapings or something. Like, but, why would he? <laughs> why would he opt it? Like, I'm okay. I'll just go to every house show. Like, I don't know if he did all of them, but he teamed with Beefcake against Money Inc. a lot. That yeah. was the circuit that they ran. He Weird. didn't even fight Yoko. He didn't defend the belt. Weird. He just did the house shows. So that's WrestleMania nine. Quinn, it's ranking time here. Yeah, mm. nine is not what I'd call. As much as I hate to say it, because I first saw it when I was really young and just yeah. gotten into wrestling, it's not really that good, but it's not, I don't think it's horrible. Well, okay. I have, I kind of am with you that I think maybe two is worse. I think so. Um, the, I think the main problems with two are this. Yep. Um, the split location is really like, it hampers the show. It does. The celebrities are like, too much it's like it's almost like they liked how wrestlemania won and worked out with the celebrities and rightfully so because we just reviewed that and yes that was really good it like really the, the was celebrities worked perfectly and i think they figured you know if we just put more celebrities yeah. like this will be really good like and honestly there was no reason for them not to think that at but, that at the time of that show but herb well, Herb was a pop culture phenomenon, Joe. He's, phenomenon? He was Burger King. <laughs> Come on. The worst ad campaign that Burger King ever ran. And, and you got Herb and you have Wendy's Claire Peller there. Oh, and, you got two fast food representations. So it, that's that's an irresistible force being an immovable object of fast food. So <laughs> Quentin, shut up. You think 
I mean, they they were smart there. What about Robert Conrad? What about Tommy Lasorda? I know. What about what? Chad? What's his name? Like the kid from Silver Spoons. What about Ricky Shorter? Yeah. What about Kathy Lee Crosby? Susan St. James. They're too they're, much on the celebrities. Right. It's too much, and it's too much minor celebrities. That's the problem here. Now, WrestleMania 9, are there any celebrities? Natalie Cole is in the audience briefly. Right. And that's about it. She gets interviewed. The guy... Oh, the Poconos guys there. <laughs> we see it at our other Caesars destination in Tahoe in Atlantic City in the Poconos. The guy that, like, owns Caesars Palace is yeah. like, oh, it's a great location. We got another one at the Poconos. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he, I, does he even count as a celebrity? No! Or is this some exec? But he does say the Poconos. Is Donald Trump there for reasons? No, okay. no, he's I, not I, there. I think just anything with a casino, he's there. There's an elephant there, if that okay. counts. There's a camel. There's the guy who plays Caesar and... <laughs> Patra. We are here! Yeah, they're also at Rumble 93 also. Well, they give that proud announcement and invite us to come to the You'll Family Entertainment on Center. you succulent foods. Yeah. Like, what the, I didn't see fucking foods there. What well, those grapes that Macho Man's eating. <laughs> the grapes were great and the chicks were cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that, alright, let's stack it up this way. Main event-wise, there's three at WrestleMania 2. Well, more is usually better, right? Well, let's see. A boxing match between Piper and T. Yeah. The Battle Royal is technically the main event of Chicago. And then the freaking Hogan-Bundy cage now, match. Now, I have to say this, though. Yeah. This has one location, but it technically has three main events. It's got the Mega Maniacs and Money Inc. Mm-hmm. It's got Yokozuna versus Bret Hart. And it's got Hulk Hogan God. versus Yokozuna. They somehow uh, both have shit. the same amount of main events, and they both suck. Yeah. Bret Yoko is good, though. I maintain it's mm. a good wrestling match. It's okay. For Yoko, it's but, really good. Uh, the two Hulk things are heinous. They are heinous. You're right. They're, They're absolutely horrible. Heinous. Unforgivable. Yeah. Uh, but is anything really that great at WrestleMania 2 main event wise? Well, the British Bulldogs thing is good. And that's te- isn't that the it main event? It goes on last, but the Battle Royal is the big attraction for mm-hmm. Chicago. I think WrestleMania 2 has a couple of good tag matches. That's about it, though. Nothing yeah. else is good. WrestleMania 9, the opener is okay. It's not great. The tag match at 9 is great. The Head Shrinkers match is awesome. Um, if we're going to be holistic here, yeah, whole. WrestleMania 2 presides over a boom period, even though it's not a great show, whereas WrestleMania 9 presides over a absolutely decline. atrocious decline. Right. And, and honestly, it's a big exclamation point on a decline, this show. <sighs> Yeah, I know, but I it think is very bad compared to its year previous. Here's the thing, though. Two should have been a lot better considering right. everything they had going. Nine was as good as it could get, I think, during Here's that period of time. With perception, though, it's the perception with WrestleMania 2 is that it's a rare misfire in a sea of like greatness. I guess. And well, whereas WrestleMania 9 get- is like, like a, no, we're go- falling down the stairs here. I don't know, Quinn. I'm, King, just, I'm just saying. King that- of the Ring and SummerSlam 93 are good. <laughs> yeah they are they're, they're fine they're okay I think they're good shows are they better than this show yeah okay I do I honestly think they're both better than this show <laughs> I, th- I think the problem Summer is Summer 93 has got that whole Lex Luger all right. thing but, but I think the problem with 9 is that there's nothing that truly stands out as an all time great thing but 2 same thing the great tag title change and the other good tag match what's really good about okay. either of these it's, it's tough to determine okay let's look at the positives then yeah go ahead the best match at wrestlemania 2 is the british bulldogs versus the the dream team and the, the ultimate nightmare or whatever totally agree um the best match at wrestlemania 9 is head shrinkers versus <laughs> steiners maybe yeah i mean honestly brett versus yoko i can't maybe. believe i'm saying this but is wrestlemania 2 possibly better well which one's easier to watch for you. I think 9 is I easier to watch. I think 9 is easier to watch, but that's 
commentary is well, better put, at let's nine. Let's put it this way. It's not saying much. It's not, but that's the point of the flush, right? Yeah. I think the commentary is better at nine. It's consistent. It's the same this team is, the whole show. This is actually harder than I thought it would be for the first one. I know. Um, this is a random drawing, folks, and we picked two widely regarded worst WrestleManias. I personally, again, I like nine, but I have to be unbiased here and be scientific about it. Yeah. I like nine. I right. wouldn't consider it one of the worst, but mm. two, I would. However, this commentary plan in this Quinn, I keep mentioning the commentary is better at nine. Yeah. With these bad ones, so with these bad ones, I feel like at least in these two, the era is like the commentaries are acceptable in both of them. Like even yeah. for all the badness with well, all the, with two Quinn and Elvira. stuff. Yeah, yeah, but Jesse's Jesse and Lord shit kind of fix everything there. Jesse's mic sounds like this the whole time. Well, he's got the Bob Barker mic, so <laughs> it's not his fault. What about the ambiance? What about the arenas? Nine is a lot cooler, a lot a lot True. more unique. I mean, you got three toilets. And, Literally, and it's it's a it's a restroom. The thing that's interesting about two is because they had three arenas, they had to pick the inferior arenas of each city. Yeah, they used Nassau. Right. Well, I guess they didn't want to do MSG. I don't know. The, in Chicago, was there a better arena at the time than the Rosemont in that air, in that vicinity? I'm trying and to that think. Size? Like I don't know the, where the Blackhawks played. Like I'm trying to think of like where they, maybe where they, they played play? in Rosemont. The Rosemont. I would they think might have so. Played in Rosemont. I don't know. There was no United Center yet. That yeah. didn't open yet until '94. If they wanted to stay in the Midwest, Chicago's their best bet, I and mean, they could have done Market Square in Indianapolis. Did the Bulls play in Rosemont? I don't know where the Bulls played before they, I, United. I, I, last time I went to Chicago, the Bulls do have an arena in they Chicago. United. Okay, United. But that wasn't around yet, so maybe they were in Rosemont. I'm not sure. I, that's the best they could have done if they wanted to do a big Midwest city, unless they wanted to do Indianapolis and, and do of course, Market Square. Los Angeles. Um, so the Coliseum and the sports arena is the best they can get. Yeah. Wow. Where else is there? Yeah, but the Nassau is a real piece of shit. Nassau is so. a dump, man. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, that place has fallen apart in the 80s. Yeah, Nassau is a shithole. Now, shit this hole. place is a parking lot, the other one. That they gussied up, and it's got a unique, unforgettable look. People don't forget that it's WrestleMania 9. True, but I don't know if that's for the right reasons. <laughs> I, I Listen, I understand, Yeah, but it's not generic. Right, You true. can say that much about it. So, okay, maybe 9 has the nod there. I think 9 has the nod it's overall. Tough. It's, it's tough. I think... 9's more digestible to me. Okay, I think this. I think two is like slightly worse. I think like it, it, I. It's more like a microscope kind of deal again. With really, the you think it's yeah. that close? I do because I think nine's a lot better. Because I think nine, there's nothing really that good on it. Like two, there's nothing. <sighs> Two's at least got a a very memorable match on it with the British Bulldogs and the Dream Team. So memorable that Gorilla talks about it for like twenty years <laughs> till his dying day. Yeah. Yeah, nine he probably have- like on his deathbed was like, remember the time? Remember when they? It's just <laughs> nine though has Crush versus Doink is probably the most memorable match. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good; it's I'm, memorable I'm, that's though. People remember like, it too. Yeah. How can there be two Doinks? Let's let's put it like, come on the the the, bull, the Bulldogs thing is definitely Quinn, a bigger deal. How can there be two Doinks? I don't care what you say. <laughs> I, that's like an achievement that launches Dynamite and Davy as superstars. It does. I mean, I'll give you that. It, it also did. launches the uh, nine launches the Yoko era. Right. Essentially, you know, Hogan yeah, Yoko but, thing. I mean, he was already getting a massive push by that point. That's true. And he wouldn't really win it like proper until King of the Ring. Right. Well, I think if we're going to go holistic, then we need to go with the overall experience of watching the show. Yeah. I'd rather watch Nine. I think it's Fair. a more digestible, Fair. enjoyable, I, I mean, less bloated show. There's none of these shows you really rather watch, but like, right. um, I if, think Nine's easier. If I had to pick between this diarrhea and this piece of shit, right, I, of course. I'd pick the the piece of shit that's WrestleMania 9. Like, yeah, over, to watch, right? Yeah, to yeah, watch, yeah. I agree with you, Quinn. I think WrestleMania 2, it's kind of close. I prefer 9, and I think 2 is worse. 
so like i i really think it's close though i okay. actually like i want to say that like for the record okay for very, the record like a, it's it's by hair but our lab results are showing the same thing right, right? exactly okay. so at number one will be wrestlemania 2 and number two will be wrestlemania 9 and that's it i mean that's just two right now in two episodes from now we'll have another two entrants drawn so let's remind everyone yes WrestleMania 2, since this is a rolling list, is the worst WrestleMania of all time right now. That's right. The worst WrestleMania of all time is WrestleMania 2, followed closely by WrestleMania 9. WrestleMania 9, you could have almost been the worst. You could have been the worst. Now, are they competing to be the worst? Are they like, oh man, I want to be the worst. They want to be the worst. (laughs) Folks, let us know which one you think is worst. You can do that on Twitter. You can email us or, of course, join the group. Next week, it'll be round one of the Royal Rankings, but when we come back, Quinn, it's the end of an era for a beloved show that aired on the USA Network. It was primetime mm-hmm. wrestling. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into the very last primetime wrestling. That's coming up right after this. After WrestleMania, there are scores to be settled. Sunday at 6, the World Wrestling Federation is back in action at Sheffield Arena, live only on Sky Sports. See Hacksaw Jim Duggan face off against the narcissist Lex Lugar. Mr. Perfect meets the head shrinker Samu. Shawn Michaels defends his intercontinental title against Crush. Kamala, the Ugandan giant meets Doink, the evil clown. Plus many, many more, including the 36-stone sumo monster Yokozuna. And tune in for your chance to win a free copy of the sensational new WrestleMania CD and the official WrestleMania t-shirt. That's Sunday at 6 o'clock, only on Sky Sports. Pop guys! Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, the Season 13 opener, episode number 121. Quinn, before we get into the very last primetime wrestling, did you know there are other retro wrestling podcasts out there besides ours? Now, you know, I say this every week. I didn't know. Yeah, I apologize. Didn't know. I, I didn't remember. What did we say last week about this? <laughs> I have to remind you every single week. It's yeah. okay, though. Check out these shows, folks, because they do the same thing we do. They're indie. You know, they're scrapping on the independent podcast circuit here. They're yeah. not owned by MLW and Blue Chew and all that yeah. stuff. Some of them are scrapping on the indie professional wrestling That's circuit, right. too, just like this next podcast. That's right. Check out the wrestling podcast about nothing, WPAN, and is hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the business. One of them is a retired referee, Quinn. His name is Mean Mike Crockett. So retired. <laughs> the most retired ref. That he is. And he is joined each and every week by Ring of Honor's own. The Brawler, yes, Brian, the brawler. Brian Malonis. Now, Brian, what is the deal here? You didn't take my name. The Wine City Whaler. I don't, well, I'm happy for you. I just, I don't know if I approve of this Brawler thing, I but don't then know. I guess you can be the Beer City Brawler. I guess so. But, so whatever. Mike, <laughs> Mike and Brian do a great show because they've both actually worked in the wrestling business, unlike us, who are members, of course, of the wrestling media. Right. We're only members of the media. We're not the of press. The, we're not actual wrestlers. No, here. not at all. And they bring that perspective as guys that have been in the business. They talk a little retro. Sometimes they'll talk current. They'll philosophize about things that go on in the business. Great show. Check it out. WPAN, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Also check out on Thursdays, Quinn. It is the critically acclaimed 
Greetings from Allentown, GF Allentown, Quinn. The New York Times podcast section says it's the best podcast. Best podcast since Sliced Bread, yeah. the podcast. Yeah. I love that show, Sliced Bread, the podcast, where they talk about how you can cut bread differently. Oh, well, I Great didn't hear show. about that one. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> check that out and check out GF Allentown, Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one very quirky young fellow named Petey Winston, Quinn. Mr. Petey Winston, the little one. Yes. <laughs> Ice skating in his backyard as we speak. Oh, yeah. We just got word from Petey that he's listening to the show in his ice skating rink because you know new england new england we just instead of yards we have ice skating yeah, rinks. of course and what he does is he takes an old episode of wrestling it could be wf it could be wcw it could be something else and he'll talk about it he'll review it but you're gonna get all kinds of stories from his personal life you're gonna get asides anecdotes things about hockey sometimes in bruins the boston lots of bruins yes ron kittle a cat maybe yeah. a cat story or something cat like medicine, that i don't know weddings i don't know but yeah. pd winston hosts a great show gf allentown greetings from allentown check it out and also check out if you like your retro wrestling with a side of grits <laughs> check out booking the territory with mike mills what they do, they have two shows there. They do the Smoky Mountain territory, right. Jim Cornette's little baby there. And yeah. they, they also cover the NWA, the Crockett era right now. We're in 87 on Booking the Territory. And these guys are cool because they are the unprofessional wrestling podcast. That's our Southern Fried Brethren, south of that Mason Dixon line. Great show, real classy. Check out Booking the Territory. So that's our free three friends of the show. Check them out. The wrestling podcast about nothing, GF Allentown, and Booking the Territory. But Quinn, this was my pick to review something here to kick off the season. It sure is um, exciting, uh, I guess. Not really. Uh, now, this was inspired, believe it or not, by last season we did the very last Superstars while it was still the A show. Right. That Superstars was January 9th, 1993. Monday Night Raw debuted on January 11th, 1993. However, the week before the very first Raw was the very last and the only 1993 episode of a long-running show primetime wrestling now primetime had gotten started january 1st 1985 wow it's really old at this point it really is it's eight years and by 1991 or so it had become a bit of an artifact yeah it wasn't really current i mean it never was but by 91 92 it was just rehashing the angles that were going on here's the thing about it by that point though it's like the round table and they'd done all this in like the the stupid the variety like, the show fun set and like all this crap <laughs> the double dare version they, yeah they did they did all this shit and i feel they like ruined it themselves like and it had nothing to do with girl and bobby it no, just was no. like it was like vince's playpen or something like <laughs> like seriously like that's like what it became it's like ha ha this yeah. is so funny well that's the problem quinn is after the jesse ventura jack reynolds era you had jesse and gorilla and then by 86 it was gorilla and bobby from 86 until February 91, and they were the reason to watch the damn show. Right, they were good, and then all of a sudden, Vince wants to get in on the action, because he's like, oh, they're funny, well, I can be funny. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what it felt Look like. Look at my pants. Yeah, like, I'm gonna wear stupid outfits and be silly and, uh, and talk about wrestling. It was an awful era, was 91, because that's when all they did was talk about WBF the whole time, <sighs> and like have Bobby embarrass himself every week. Right, yeah. You know, the Bushwhackers were always on it. You know, our Luke and Bush! I swear, like, Vince realized it was successful or something. 
with like Bobby Gorilla, and yeah. like he was like, "No, I have to get in on it." Like it, that's what it felt like. That's what it all, felt like. Like all of a sudden, he's the host, and all this. Like, mm. who are you? You weren't on this show. <laughs> and like, go a, back to superstars. <laughs> and there's a live audience. Yeah, that probably had to be there because like, they were employees. It's like Vince's butt was still hurt because TNT got canceled. <laughs> yeah, he needed to do something to prove that he's an entertainer. Right, that right? he's the superior entertainer. Even though Bobby and Gorilla were like schooling oh, him. Oh my god! Over on their like minor show, by the yeah. way, like when it started, they were just kind of like whatever. Yeah, they were great. And they, they like worked their way from the bottom, made this yep. show what it is and just got ruined in like two years. And then in November of 91 until December of 92, we had what Quinn alluded to the round table format, which was Vince, Bobby and always Vince and Bobby always. And then a panel of people that included Gorilla for a while. Hillbilly Jim. Yep. Jim Duggan. Uh, Mr. Slick. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, slick. So you had Gorilla back on the show, but not the entire time. Right. Isn't that the, the era when like Gorilla and Bobby played the Royal Rumble game or whatever? <laughs> Yeah, Super WrestleMania, yes. So now in January of 1993, it's the very last prime time, and we open Quinn January 4th, 1993, the very last show. And I can smell the decline already. It's like 1993 is fresh and it smells like shit. Like it, oh. It's bad. We get the 1992 intro, which always reminded me of some like daytime it's talk so show shitty. or something. I, yeah. don't li- I don't like this intro. I don't either. Again, decline. Yeah, I know. All decline. And it, it's all clips of like it's wrestling and Bobby getting embarrassed. Yeah, getting like, water thrown yeah, at him. Like every, did you notice that every single clip was something Bobby like falling over or getting water in his face? <laughs> clucking like a chicken for some reason and of course it ends with hogan posing in like 1989 (laughs) because that's what we need i call it a crusty opening it's crusty it's just terrible so we're joined from well nowhere really yeah they're on a stage with like lights visible in the background director's chair and an extremely shitty table that is like small and they found a way to put as much wf (laughs) crap on it like it's this tiny little 12 by 12 table but it's filled with stuff yeah, like cups and- like magazines and, and just, just like what a messy table i don't like that it's, how do they where do they find all this junk <laughs> they just slap. is it like one of those situations where you're you're getting moved out of the studio but you still have some stuff yes. so you're like but we only have this little table so let's just put everything on it like I, just I, to I, hold it there for that's now. what it looks like yeah. so in those director's chairs vince is flanked by bobby heenan and thankfully gorilla monsoon in the dark maroon coat yep this is vince mcmahon along with Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon is joining us this week. Vince puts his hand on Gorilla's knee when he introduces him. Hey, careful. Be careful, like, I, I don't Gorilla like, Monsoon. I don't like that. <laughs> it's a little too, I thought that was like, little that, too familiar. It's another Vince taking command of yeah. this show. Why does he need to be here anyway for this? I don't know. And he's not part of this. No, he's not. He just horned in the last two years so he could talk about cameo and shit. <laughs> Vince calls this trio here the WWF's answer to Curly, Larry, and Moe. Yeah, Vince funny. is not part of that comedy. No, trip. he's not. That's Jameson, if anything, is like the <laughs> other one. Gorilla and Vince immediately gang up on Bobby ah! Heenan. It's so annoying. Like, Bobby didn't do anything. He just, like, just started. It was just a question of time, Brain, before you're destroyed. What? Are you, saying that, are you saying that Bobby the Brain Heenan is the reason for the demise? Of Solely prime- responsible, yes, Vince. Gorilla blames Bobby for destroying primetime right. wrestling. And also, Bobby didn't even say anything bad like, <laughs> like anything. Oh, I'm the host no. or anything like that, like he usually does. They're like, you suck, Bobby. He yeah, <laughs> what the hell? I don't like that. I know. And uh, <laughs> What do you even do? <laughs> Gorilla says that he's very happy Vince decided that Bobby won't be a part of the brand new Monday Night Raw next Again, week. what is this? Like, why are why? they 
shitting on Bobby Heenan. I always never understood why Gorilla just said he ruined everything. Like, even when Raw, like, later on yeah. with his underpants and all that. <laughs> like, I, there's still, like, no reason. No, like, not at all. <laughs> Bobby says he's gotta be at Raw. He's Mr. Television. <laughs> they bring up Bobby Heenan's show. Vince calls it an enema. Ew. Ew. This yeah. is sad, Quinn, because we immediately open with Bobby just getting made fun of now, unprovoked. This which is I don't we're like. very early in the Bobby decline thing or yes, whatever, right? 93 this is, is like, not his year. The, the whole like ongoing storyline yes. that they even talk about in WF magazine. It's real. Yeah. Uh we see a clip from the Bobby Heenan show in 1989 where I, a blindfolded Jameson is getting stood on by a very large, handsome lady, belly dancer, <laughs> while Bobby makes snide comments from his chair. He's like, Oh, you're doing great, Jerkison. I, I think that's a good line. It However, is. this to me is always the like I always thought the Bobby Heenan show was kind of like it's not good. It was just too much. It's like it's like let's take Gorilla away from Bobby. That's what it felt like. Yeah, like, it didn't feel like a upgrade for Bobby. It felt like something like again Vince like interjecting his ideas and like ruining the formula. Well, and not only that, Quinn Primetime suffered because who they replaced Bobby with temporarily? Roddy Piper. Yeah. Oh we have yeah. Him. Oh, that's a great thing. Grr. Studio, hey, grr. Studio B. <laughs> yeah, that whole shit. Yeah. Awful. Hey, grr. Uh, anyway. We cut to some exclusive matches, the last ever primetime matches here. We're in Green Bay, Wisconsin, as the head shrinkers and Alpha make their way down the aisle. You mean to say Sam Moo? <laughs> He's pulling all the strings. Never forget it. That's like- right. Now, Gorilla and Bobby are on commentary here on primetime one last time. Gorilla pretends that he's like a 14-year-old with this line. He's like, Samu and Fatu, and you're fat too, brain. Horrible. <laughs> Gorilla, like, has that 1993 voice already. You know, yeah. Oh, here we go, brain. Alpha leading the way down for Samu and Fatu. And you're fat too, brain. Mike McGurk is the ring announcer. Fonzie is the ref. Not, yeah. the, not the shitty Fonzie. No, not like, Ultimate Win. Yeah, the, the, the one from ECW. Bill Alfonso. Yeah. This feels like early 93, that's for sure, Quinn. Yep. Like I said, decline, decline, decline. Yep. Their opponents are the winning combination of Virgil in his black and white striped tights and Al Matador, Tito Santana. Is this? this is like a 1993 <laughs> versus 1992 match. <laughs> they come out to Virgil's music, prompting Gorilla to say, I kind of wish they were playing Tito's music, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> what, what, is, what's, what do you have against Virgil's? Virgil's music is actually okay. It's good, but I like Tito's El Matador theme is you great. Do? Yeah. I, I actually like Virgil's better. I like Tito's if original I to, theme. If I was comparing the two of those. Virgil's music's good. I have no problem with yeah. it. The announcers hype the upcoming Royal Rumble, including these hot participants, Jerry Lawler and Carlos Colon. No, just no. They act like Carlos Colon's like all good, <laughs> zero people cared, and youngster. Like, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Bobby is like all legitimately happy. He's like, really? Carlos Colon? And yeah, he- what? I didn't realize <laughs> they were so into this. Right. Now I realize by the time they got to Rumble why Gorilla was making jokes. Right, right. Because Bobby's like, oh, I was in Japan with him a number of years ago. Uh, the ever-present Samu starts with Tito. Paris shoves by Samu. Tito responds with a few arm drags and a drop kick. Gorilla calls Quinn. Las Vegas, the family entertainment capital of the world. Highly unlikely. <laughs> I know. Get out of here. We covered that. Side headlock by Tito is it occurs to me, Quinn, that with the head shrinkers in the ring, it's mm-hmm. a good thing Mel Phillips is gone by now, if you well, know what I'm talking I'm, about there. Maybe that's why they brought these guys in, like, okay, feet are safe <laughs> now. Like, let's... We can do we can do this again. Uh, more arm draggery into an arm bar by El Matador. Virgil tags in, goes to work on the arm as well. Tito back in again and gets a zero count off of an elbow <laughs> as we go to break. No warning. The yeah, break. Like, yeah what, literally. I think now is where the themes of the night will start with the commercials, correct? Yes. So we get the Dr. Mario Witch Doctor commercial, you know, ooh, ee, ah, yeah, 
that. We covered this like only a couple. Yeah, like last season. It feels like a couple minutes ago. Yeah, (laughs) a friendly gentleman talks about why AutoZone is good. He looks like um James Con from The Godfather. (laughs) Did you notice that? He kind of does look like James Con. I didn't notice that. Her plus for kids: big girls don't cry. And Alka Seltzer plus nighttime cold. That's right. It's got no alcohol. Yeah. Whereas nighttime, which is of course Nyquil, has twenty five percent alcohol. Now, first of all, give me the one with the alcohol. No shit. I want the booze. Second of all, remember this. Remember that. Yes. It's important. Hey, Quinn, I have a question for you. What's your favorite episode of Quantum Leap? (laughs) What is this? They ask like seven-year-olds and stuff like, do you like Quantum Leap? What's the best? (laughs) I like when he dresses up like a girl. That's Pat Patterson's favorite, too. Uh, On Tuesday Night Fights... Larry Holmes? He's still he, ra- he's still fighting. He's going to be fighting Everett Bigfoot Martin. He's going to beat the fuck out of this guy too, probably. Like they kind of imply. Yeah, it, they like. are. First of all, Everett Bigfoot Martin. Like, how does having big feet give you an advantage in boxing? Like, they might as well call him Everett SAT Score thirteen hundred Martin. Well, I think the big feet could help. Actually, it's I, a uh, boxing match. You yeah, use your you gotta, hands. You got to be stable. He can't be knocked down if he's got big feet, huh? Well, I, I, I studied under Mick. So, so Kerry Von Erich wouldn't do well in this, is what you're trying no, to say. No, no, okay. his balance is all shot. I'm <laughs> back to the action. I use that term lightly. Where Samu has regained control, finally tagging into Fatu, who promptly misses a headbutt. Virgil back in with big rights and a crucifix for two. Fatu has had enough and just hits a back play, <laughs> followed by a body slam. Meanwhile, Bobby Heenan here says that Ric Flair never submitted to the sharpshooter no, they, to they, Bret Hart. They go on and on about this Ric Flair it's funny. Because it's like they're still bothering Bobby yeah. about this. The referee says, does it hurt? He said, yes. Get a lie. He didn't say I give up. Oh, what do you think? I just make this stuff up and lie? Absolutely. Gorilla's just like not dealing with this brain shit today. It's like, <laughs> he's like extra frustrated with him. Like the whole show. Like, really it's like, damn it, we're getting canceled because of you. Like, and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, again, no explanation really. He's, but, no, but yeah. he's in no mood to deal with Bobby's shit. Yeah. Samu gets in with a reverse thrust kick, but misses a corner charge. Mild sauce tag to Tito with a big backdrop, followed by a drop kick and a beauty. A sweetened crowd pops. Yep, of course. Tito runs the ropes for the flying jalapeno, but Alpha trips him, and Bobby's like, ah, oh, did his knee give out? He missed that one from his vantage point. Ah, uh, cheap plug. Heel collision while Fonzie was talking to Virgil Hot Tag again. And Virgil Ugh. unloads with rights and a pair of drop kicks to each head shrinker. I'm surprised Virgil didn't like fuck everything <laughs> up immediately. Like I was expecting the hot yeah. tag here, and he would just like be like gobbled up into a grapple right. or some nonsense, and yeah, just get, wouldn't do anything. That's what I thought too. I thought that was the finish, but no, he stomps their feet, which is wise. I'll give them that. They're barefoot. Mm-hmm. Double DDT called a double brain buster by Gorilla. Yeah, Gorilla again with the not caring no. there. It just says the move wrong. Ah, double ba- brain buster. But of course, the head shrinkers are Samoans, so they no sell this. That and, was funny, actually. Yep. I like that. They send Virgil down, and then we get the head shrinkers finisher. You know, the one where Fatu does a splash while Samu just stands there. Yeah, what? I, <laughs> I don't get this move. I just call it the head shrinkers jumpy thing. Yeah, like, I know what is he? He's not jumping off Samu's back, and even no. if he did, Samu's like half an inch taller than the top rope. Yeah, so like it doesn't really add much of anything. It would ha- it would have the same amount of efficacy if Samu stood in the other turnbuckle while Fatu yeah. did the splash. The only other thing. I can think is that Samuel usually acts like he tossed him. So but is it supposed to be like he's a 
like I'm saying when the move's usually done, is it supposed to be like he added a little like oomph to it? No, like, I don't know what they're thinking is. I don't get that move. Anyway, Fonzie counts three and that is that. Fake booze from the crowd, of course. Yeah. The sweetening in the show is bad. It's really like, it's bad. It's very obvious. These There's are... even a point where they sweeten in chants, which I can't even believe. But This is from a taping in Green Bay. Most of these matches are where the crowd has well, probably been there for everything. three hours. Yeah. yeah, eating cheese. Anyway, that wasn't good. Government cheese. Of... <laughs> Up next, Quinn, the terrific Red Rooster. Yep. Why is he here? Why, like, <laughs> why? And I refuse to call him Terry Taylor. That's fine Terrific with me. Red Rooster. Uh, back to Vince, Gorilla, and Bobby to hype up the Royal Rumble. Vince explains that Jameson's not going to be in it. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, what is that like, joke? What? Well, because they showed the Jameson Cup. When right, I get right. Back. First of all, that's a cup that I'm surprised you don't have already. You're like a big Jameson fan over here. You've met Jameson. I never met Jameson. You talked to him or something. Well, he did uh, emailed a him. bumper for our show. Yeah. I actually gave Mooney that scoop. Oh, really? Yeah. Mooney, back in the day, was trying. This is a story for you. Mooney was trying to track down Jameson, and I saw that, and I said, How did you hey, track him down? I'd already talked to Jameson. He already did our bumper for us. Oh, that was back then. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he'd already done it. And Mooney's like, eh, I know they had to get Jameson. And I was like, well, I do. And I reached out to Jameson and I said, hey, contact Sean Mooney. He wants to interview. So, so we were, did. You were the connection between yeah. Jameson and Mooney. Yes, we could have interviewed him. I gave it to Mooney. You hear that? <laughs> I gave the interview to Sean Mooney. Hey, I do like, though, that you connected two old friends in Sean Mooney yeah, and Jameson. Jameson is a really nice guy. He is nice. John DiGiacomo, yeah, really so good nice. guy. Anyway, Bobby Heenan Quinn is confident that Razor Ramon's going to win the WWF title from Bret Hart at the Rumble. Please no. Like, I <laughs> it's know. the shitty Razor. This is, this is the match I hate that Joe thinks It's is, a great match. <sighs> See, here's the thing. We need to clarify here. When Joe says that, he's joking because he did. What do you mean I'm joking? No, you realized, you admitted that it sucked. This never happened. We did a commentary! What? Didn't we? I don't think so. Let me just log in on Google Drive here and delete that. What? Hey! (laughs) It's on Patreon. Go find it. Gorilla and Vince say that Bobby wanting Razor to win is not fair to Flair. Like, they're just antagonizing Bobby, trying (laughs) to stir the pot. What the fuck? No, I'm not selling out Flair, but... um... Yeah, but wait a minute. That's a very, very good point. Thank you, Gorilla. I mean, it seems to me that, you know, how can you be fair to Flair? Well, he's never when, been fair to Flair. Uh, you. I've been uh, fair to Flair. You haven't been fair to Flair. Vince brings up the old Tucson shit that Gorilla and Bobby did a few I years ago. I never thought this was that funny. I was just going to say the same thing, Quinn. This is where, like, they go to some stunt set yep. in old Tucson, and Bobby gets, like, blown up by dynamite by Mexican outlaws. Now, I, it was strange. You know what I always think? This whole thing's weird, right? But I do think this is one of those situations where the, the crew who went yeah. had a lot of fun doing oh, it. Oh, I'm sure. So they're fond of it. But, like, as the viewer, we don't give a shit. Right. But yeah, to them, it's like a big memory. Yeah, like, as they always bring it up. Hasn't Mooney talked fondly yeah, about Mo- this, too? Like everyone involved. Like, Mooney told us. Like, he was like, oh, it was so fun. Like, everyone loved doing this. But it didn't really translate no. to, like, us at home. So it always felt more like an inside thing when they would talk about it. You know what Bobby said about this? I remember this from his shoot interview. He said Gorilla was pissed the whole time because it was during Super Bowl weekend and Gorilla wanted to watch the Super Bowl. Which probably made it even funnier. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like, literally, it just sounds like it was a good time for those involved. Yeah, but not to watch. Yeah. I never found this funny. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to Green Bay where terrific Terry Rooster is in the ring with an awful white oh jacket. Oh, my God. He looks <laughs> Like complete ass. Joe. I know. Like I, I don't even. Why was he being pushed here? I don't even know if I'd call it a push. He was getting something because he hadn't been yeah. like mentioned ever since he lost his rooster. Then. 
his cock fell off. Yeah. What a package. Lost he's, his package. He's facing Dale Wolf, you know, famous jobber, Dale Wolf, Dusty Wolf, really. Yeah. Anyway, since Terry Taylor is about as exciting as clipping my toenails, I'm not even dignifying this match with play-by-play. I barely paid attention other than that Dale Wolf was the opponent. <laughs> yes, that's like, about it. Now, he was, didn't his name used to be something else, Dusty Joe? Wolf. So, yeah, and then, like, he couldn't be that anymore. Because Dusty, Dusty Rhodes, Rhodes came, came in and <laughs> can't have two Dusties. But he's been long gone, but he's still Dale. Why not? <laughs> I will say that Dale Wolf is actually rather bold. He gets some offense in. <laughs> I yeah, I have to admit, and to me that just exemplifies how much <laughs> terrific Rooster is terrible. You know what's funny too is Bobby and Gorilla, Gorilla clearly don't care either because they literally spend the whole match talking about the Royal I Rumble. I don't blame them. Gorilla's like, Razor Ramon has a Mr. T starter kit. <laughs> yeah, what, that, what was that about? I don't know. <laughs> it's really funny though, actually. Northern Light Suplay by Taylor is called a very unusual move by Gorilla. <laughs> That's what? called, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Gut Wrench Powerbomb gets the win for the rooster. Even the sweetened crowd doesn't give a <laughs> shit. Like, it's amazing. Did they you notice that? Like, the, the sweetening is even bored. Why did they have him here though, Quinn? Like, seriously? I, what, what was the point of this? I, was this supposed to be the big like Terry Taylor's really this is a breakthrough he's older he's wiser he's gonna know what to do Terry Taylor sucks yeah no he like, does suck. I'm sorry Even he's Bobby not Heenan that good says he sucks and he like knew him <laughs> and you know I don't like him and weirdly this Terry Taylor the person he, he has an exceptional talent for like hanging around <laughs> wrestling like I think he's like still involved Maybe he's good backstage or something, but he must just be like a nice guy. That's what I think. Maybe. And like he knows his shit. But like I've he's never not, ever been impressed he's not by him. Like a talented wrestler. No, good thing know? Mr. Perfect won that gimmick, you know, yeah. in that match that they had. Yeah. Anyway, let's go to some commercials here. A married couple lies in bed while their kids come in the room and jump on their beds, waking them up so they can watch WWF Mania. Dude, just stay in bed. Trust me. <laughs> Who wakes up early to see the Todd's here? Plus, like, also, at 10 o'clock is when Mania's on. It's not that early. For kids, that's early. For me, I sleep in on Saturdays. I'm like Biff from Marty McFly show or whatever that <laughs> Back to the Future is. Marty McFly show. Yeah. Come to your house. All you have for me is light beer. But remember, Biff, he always sleeps yeah. in on, on Saturdays. Sleep in on Saturdays. Uh, Sunday, Sundays. was it? I, don't, I sleep in on Saturday. That's yes, my sleeping day. That's good, Quinn. Uh, fishermen use Alcasol in the rain. Okay, here we go with the Alka-Seltzer. Yes. There, there, there's a competition going on, folks. Yep, and, that's right. You know, it helps sailors, so that, does, that's no. their argument for round one here. Yep. Commercial for Space Rangers on CBS. That looks like absolute garbage. What was that show? Did you see that one part of it where, like, some guy got turned into, like, goo, but it was, like, really bad yes. CG? Like, his, like, body, like, turned into goo particles. What is this show? It looked terrible. It was, like, shitty, like, a combination of Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica, yeah, that's but, like, exactly. really dumpy. Right on. NyQuil now fires back with their own commercial. Well, in the same break, it's happening, folks. And they have DayQuil now, so fuck you, Alka-Seltzer. Also, this is the best part of this commercial. Yeah. It's the freaking Wendy's Boar's Head guy doing the voiceover. Like, <laughs> DayQuil is really good for you. you know? they're, they're pulling out all the stops. <laughs> now they got a better announcer. Introducing Big's DayQuil Liquid Hat. Non-drowsy relief. Beyond belief. Boar's Head Ham. <laughs> This isn't over, folks, because no. fucking Alka-Seltzer ain't going to stand for this They're shit. coming back. But uh, first, it's Long John Silver's. They have fish, chicken, and shrimp. Now, of, now lot, I kind of want that. Yeah, a lot of beige <laughs> yeah. in that. In that. <laughs> Fuck. Like, do, do they make anything that isn't the same color? Like, <laughs> it's did all you deep fried. That? Yes, I know. Uh, this is the commercial. The no, 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 no. no. One ninety nine for the value meals, not bad. Anyway, we're back with Bobby Heenan cutting that awful promo in front of the silver curtain about Mister Perfect 
you know, Ric Flair, Narcissus, that whole thing. Yeah. Way too long. I do agree with Brain, though, that perfect is shitty at this point. Sorry. Face perfect. Yeah. You've always postated this. Sticks. Why is that? Just because he's just boring. Like, there's yeah. nothing fun about him anymore. Yeah, okay, I agree. Uh, Royal Rumble Report, of course, with Mean Gene Okerlund. Gene in the green screen center. Green screen. If you join the WF fan club, you get pieces of paper and a cassette. Join it, you ass. <laughs> I do like Quinn. That the Rumble, this particular one, was 4 o'clock really on a Sunday. early. Perfect well, time. You like that because you always hate how the the paper yeah, is so late. Like, it's a fucking Sunday. You got work the next the day. The thing is, I'm a, a, a late night kind of guy because I, you know, I work at home. So mm. to me, like them being late, it's like whatever. But, Sleep until 10 yeah. on Mondays also, apparently. Uh, no, I don't. Bret Hart will be defending the world title against Razor Ramon Quinn. Feast your eyes on the decline of the WWF. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> we throw to Bret who begins with a, you know, and he, <laughs> he's upset that that dirty scum jump my brother own <laughs> you know, horrible that feud yeah that remember when he gave him the like dainty clothesline <laughs> yeah, or whatever with Ray Rougeau and he heard the like <laughs> of the like puffy shirts they were wearing it's awful in the Rumble Quinn it's Randy Savage actually wrestling yeah but it's a Royal Rumble so you know that's not gonna go well no Undertaker Ted Diabetes IRS uh, Money Inc. cuts a very unnecessary promo yeah baby Money Inc. will win baby also DiBiase in the shit coat yep the not I don't care anymore coat yeah it doesn't give a shit it's like pu- it's not puffy puffy it's like soft it's like <laughs> cotton or something i don't know it's terrible we also have mr perfect bob backland the berserker why <laughs> yokozuna tatanka why rick flair we have a very generic promo with rick flair where he says that he won last year he won last year so he's gonna win this yep. year cool cool yeah jerry lawler the limo driver outfit yep earthquake <laughs> and new participants quinn we've got carlos cologne when you say new and carlos cologne <laughs> after it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever crush who wouldn't wind up being in it oh really papa shango R- papa shango yeah. rick martell They're very excited rick martell at the end yeah <laughs> all these new ones are supposed to make this good or yeah. something like, yeah rick martell yeah, he's rick really gonna martell, light it up that's, that's he remember he's got the world record or something according to gorilla well Monster. flair does yeah. now but yes he did well, the year before gorilla was very happy i about almost it. broke rick martell's rick record martell, 53, 53 minutes brain and don't forget quinn the beverly brothers take on the steiner brothers mm-hmm. so rick and scott cut their usual oatmeal mouth promo as i fall asleep Scott's like Beverly Brothers. We're not taking you lightly. This is our first Royal Rumble, and Beverly Brothers, we're not taking you lightly. Always, Gene says this is shaping up to be one of the greatest Royal Rumbles ever. So order it, you cheapskates. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Double mint gum commercial. In case you forgot that that existed, very double. Susie Hamilton, a distance runner, uses Pert Plus to make her nineties hair look She's nice. Going to win the Olympics with Pert Plus somehow. <laughs> I don't understand. If you eat too fast. Take Alka-Seltzer. Holy shit, they're firing <laughs> back on this show. This is a real thing. Oh We're not God. making this up. It's like, it's always tit for tat. Really? It's usually, unbelievable. Usually tat. Use AT&T, Quinn, to help save on your international calls. It's Why just- is this the longest <laughs> ad? It's so long. Like, international calls. And <laughs> it's showing, like, different, like, vague interpretations of communication. Like, people <laughs> talking to each other. Like, a girl in China, like, a Chinese girl, but in Paris, holding up a phone to the Eiffel Tower. Like, it was really weird. And it's like a minute. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, you know, it's like those vague, like, corporate type images of like this is like very international it's like look at all the every, yeah. everyone's from different countries right. you know, mixing together uh-huh. and, and, and co- communicating with each other with telephones promotional consideration is paid for by Bret Hart and Ica Pro mm-hmm. Randy Savage and WWF figures from 1991 yep 
Also, Randy Savage and his hate for chips and his love for Slim Jims. Like, chips suck, eat Slim Jims. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> we come back where Bobby is reading the latest WWF magazine and Vince barks about how good the Royal Rumble is going to be, which means it's uh, not. Yeah. The announcers debate about how the hell anyone's going to get Yoko out. And somehow Vince turns that into a flare perfect thing to annoy Bobby. Just to egg Bobby on. I Jeez. It's so annoying. And then Gorilla butts and he's like, these guys don't even have friends anymore. <laughs> really? Then he just like kind of pushes it over the edge yeah. with Bobby. They're being so assy to Bobby. I like when Bobby gets double teamed. It's nice when it's like a one-on-one yes. with Gorilla. That's fair. But I feel bad for him when he's getting ganged up on. Yeah, I, it's stupid. I never liked it. <laughs> he's behaved himself the whole show. The same thing. Vince used to do this with Cameo over on WBF. <laughs> it's like, look, he's fat and he falls yeah, over and stuff. It's, it's like, fair. it's so dumb. We throw the clips of Bobby on his yacht, which this whole segment is really funny it if you ever good. watch Remember it in full. Remember the Kojak or yeah, whatever? right. Gorilla arrives in a limo with the bald limo driver, bitching the whole time. Yeah. Gorilla's like, ah, I don't know what happened here. No, oh, he didn't give us any name, any address or anything. But how are we supposed to know which, which, which boat to go to? And then he's like, hey, Weeze, which yeah. he never calls him I any other what time. What was that? It's like the, he Weez. shortens Weasel <laughs> to Weeze. So Captain Heenan here greets Gorilla from the yacht and invites him on board, telling him to give Kojak half a buck, mm-hmm. which cracks Gorilla up yeah. as we go to it's Green good. Bay. It is good. You want me to come on board? Come on on board. Give uh, Kojak a half a buck and come on yeah. on. Okay. Hey, Quinn, here in Green Bay, it's Shawn Michael. Wait, no, that's Skinner. Sorry. But his opponent, <laughs> Skinner's opponent, is the actual Shawn Michaels. Wow, Shawn Michaels versus Future Self. This is like time travel. This, this is match. great. I don't even know how this is occurring. Like, isn't this like the whole grandfather? Like, what is that? <laughs> if you if your grandfather met you and killed himself or something, I don't know. You're like, just talking about Back to the Future again. I'm just talking about the whole like the paradox or whatever. Isn't this impossible? What well, we're watching here. Let's find out here. Shawn Michaels, the Intercontinental Champion, still has the blue IC title belt, and the crowd. Yeah. Chance Marty. Now, this, I have to say, is some effort at sweetening because they actually put a Marty chant, but they sweeten it. It's, it's like real. clearly like over yeah. the top. It's You're right. insane. So we lock up here and Skinner is playing the face, which is awesome. They're both heels. So like, why is this even happening? It's such like, a I, weird match, I, right? I don't understand like why this is booked. Like it almost really is like Skinner is a time traveler. Like Skinner was just like his code name. You know what I mean? Like it's really Sean testing his younger self. Maybe it is. This match is also available if you're interested on the Bashed in the USA Coliseum tape from 93 with redone commentary by Jim Ross, Bobby Heenan, and Randy Savage. Thanks, Joe. This is where uh, Savage says, I'd like to pick a winner in Skinner, but I wouldn't ask him to dinner. I think I'd pick the winner in Skinner, but I wouldn't invite him to dinner. Anyway, boy, Sean bumps around for uh, his future self like a champ, flying out of the ring off a right hand. Skinner follows him out, but Sean's in first and stomps Skinner down. Nice exchange leads to Sean eating a clothesline. This is really like a mirror match. They're yeah. actually like matching each other, which is making it more like spooky to <laughs> yeah. me. It's almost like, were we not making this up? Is it really like future Sean? Like, kind of like how, remember when Daniel Bryan like went to the past or right, whatever? Right, of course, yeah. Back like, when he was a Wyatt and he tra- time traveled. <laughs> Forget Kane versus Kane. Forget Undertaker versus Undertaker. We've got Skinner versus Skinner here. Yeah, it's or really Shawn good. Michaels versus Shawn Michaels, right. depending on the time period. Correct. Right. Swinging neckbreaker called, oh, look at that, by the <laughs> alligator man. gets uh, And a shoulder breaker gets two. Yeah, wow, young HBK can't get any offense against old HBK. It's true, Quinn. So, uh, <laughs> elbow by old K here yeah. sends 
Sean back out. Skinner follows and Sean rams him in the post outside. Back in and Sean hits a very crappy standing drop kick. Gorilla tries to say, Quinn, that Marty Janetti was the strength just, of the Rockers. Just no, shut up. <laughs> this is the same idiot that got the cocaine in his eyes and fell over the pole. Or, remember that at WrestleMania 6? Like, <laughs> like, walked over like an idiot. Yeah, that is a dumb and, finish, like, didn't right? Didn't he actually like have too much cocaine that night for real or something? <laughs> the night before, I think. Yeah. Partied a little too hard there. Uh, Skinner takes back over, and the crowd is actually into him. I'm not kidding. They're cheering Skinner. <laughs> well, because he looks so familiar. They're, they're like, confused. You they're know? Like, is that Shawn Michaels? It's like, wow, it's like if he had a beard and his haircut was a little different, like... <laughs> I wonder, are they the same? Sean nails a super kick out of nowhere for the win. Good stuff, surprisingly, honestly. Yeah, young Sean poses after the victory. That's right. We throw to a clip of Bret Hart in his sunglasses and jacket painting what is this? with a palette like he's Bob Ross. And then to the nasty boys spray painting a picture in the hallway somewhere. It just, it just like ends. Like, why was that even shown? What was the point of that? I don't know. And they called it a primetime memory. I don't remember from, that. Like, last week? Probably. Like, yeah. Probably from like 91 or yeah, two. Yeah. <laughs> during the shitty era. It, to me, that was like the same version of the Nasty Boys, like when they went to that video store. <laughs> it's like the same, like kind of like they're sort of facey, but they're, they're like not yet. But kids are supposed to think that's sort of funny or whatever. What, what do you mean you don't have the Nasty Boys Coliseum tape? Yeah. But there wasn't one, you jackasses. Why, why would they ever make that either? No, they wouldn't. We clipped a Sean Mooney from the event center to hype Monday Night Raw. That's all he's yeah. like, go that's to Raw. Li- that's literally the only thing he does on this whole show. He's just like, oh, there's tickets. No. Now it is time to start preparing for Monday Night Raw. And then a very sick couple try to figure out who needs the NyQuil more. I can't more. even believe this is still happening. NyQuil's firing back again. Unbelievable. And then we have an advertisement for the Veterans Life Insurance Company. It's like okay. some weird like computer noises or like, yeah. It's like beep, beep, beep. Contact the computer. They'll help you. <laughs> back to Vince Grill and Bobby to hype up Raw again. And Vince unfortunately reminds us that Bobby Heenan will not be there. He also says Brain has a brand. Yes, <sighs> a brand. Come on, Vince. And he doesn't like his brand either. No, he doesn't. And I can't even believe Vince is using brand in 1993. Well, his daughter would be the brand officer eventually. We embarrass Bobby Heenan even more by throwing to a clip from the <laughs> godforsaken variety show era in 91, <laughs> where Andre the Giant keeps telling Bobby to take his socks off. Who does he think he is? Mel Phillips? Anyway, <laughs> there's a great pit that I hate all of this. Andre wants Bobby to stomp around in to make wine. He's like, take a path off! So basically now we're stealing bits from I Love Lucy. stupid. Uh, Bobby falls, because of course he does. These aren't even the good primetime <laughs> clips. They haven't shown anything from Gorilla and Bobby like in the studio. That's, this is horrible. Where's Tony Paco's? Yeah, you know, that's like one of the best is, ones. That's the good stuff. <laughs> right. Instead we get this crap. Well, you know what? It's all the stuff that Vince thinks is funny. Yep. It's not the stuff that actual humans <laughs> watch the show thought was funny it sucks take the bats off yeah it's terrible <laughs> also vince in that segment was in like his full zubas trapper trapper keeper graffiti jumpsuit yeah. you know the one i mean i know now we clip to ringside again but it's not green bay this is from a recent challenge taping where doink is in the crowd with a very large mallet is this about doink yeah Bill Dunquin, your favorite, is now a ring announcer. Yeah, I was very, I was actually okay with that. Red Tyler and W.T. <laughs> Jones. Good. No, he's Don't, not. What is he? It's a cough drop. He yeah, needs some Alka-Seltzer. You always say the cough drop thing, but he's good. 
You Just know what? Leave him alone. He might not be that bad. Yes, thank you. You're the same guy that convinced me that Rod Trongard was fine. He's not horrible <laughs> either. <laughs> There's people that you've just, you've hardened, and I don't know why. Rod Trongar was one of them. I used to be like, oh, he sucks. You're like, no, he doesn't. He's not that bad. And then Bill Dunn. Yeah, Bill Dunn's good. Until today. This match is scheduled for one fall. From Calgary, Alberta, Canada. The Rocket Owen Hart. I guess he's not that bad, Quinn. You're right. Anyway, the Steiners make their entrance next, Uh, Quinn. With the shitty music, college is good or whatever. Don't say that too loud. People are going to get mad. Okay, remember, we can't shit on the Steiners. But that's their gimmick. I know, college. College is good. (laughs) Like, there's nothing else I can say about that. Listen, they were okay in WCW, but here they're just poop. They're misused, yeah. The token tag title run. Yeah, you're right. It is token. Scott and W.T. Jones start. I guess that's SD's friend. (laughs) He obviously can't do a quick match like SD either. No. Bobby rambles and rambles, leading to a very classic exchange. You know, I've heard a long time about the Steiners. How big they are, how tough they are, how bad they are, how unpredictable they are. Well, well I want to just see for myself. I'm glad they're here now. Well, shut your mouth and watch that. You shut up. This feels like one last like home stretch of Grill and Bobby being yep. able to like perform on the show. Yep, here we go. Bobby comments that it's cold out, so he understands why Rick is wearing earmuffs. It's true. It's cold out. Suit player two by a Steiner before by Scott Steiner before Rick comes in and barks or whatever the hell he does, runs around like a lot of woof woof here. Yeah, a lot of woof woof. Insert promo by the Steiners where Rick says something about sharks. And they don't know what they're, not, they're they're terrible. And Scott again says Beverly Brothers. You know Beverly Brothers. In the Royal Rumble, you're going to find out what the Steiner brothers are all about. Who cares? Why can't he say their name? <laughs> never. Never. They should never have feuded them the moment they realized Scott couldn't pronounce their names. Uh, we're the best brother peg team in the WWF. Okay. Red Tyler comes in and Rick dumps him with a sloppy ass power slam and a yeah. stiff clothesline. So yeah. dangerous. Cool. Hurting yeah. people. That's the point of wrestling, right? Is actually hurting people. I'm sorry, but this match is really showing us like, hey man, the Steiners, they're, they're not, rough. they're a little rough around the edges. I don't, I just never got the, why they were so loved and they were like prestigious, like big free I mean, agents. They could go anywhere they wanted. They are good. Good. It's they're, just not that the WWF they're really not used right. Well, they're, how do you use good. them in a gimmick? Fil- this is the same place where like Skinner's here. And That's stuff. the problem. Like, it's like they don't work. Yeah, they just don't work here. Exactly. Yeah. Not in this era of WWF anyway. They're like Linux or something. Like <laughs> the WWF is Windows. Yeah, like they're, they, they're like Sun OS. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Scott comes back in with a double underhook suplex that did actually look safe. He took care of the guy, and Rick comes in again. He hoists Red Tyler onto his shoulders while Scott climbs the ropes. And this is awesome. He hits a DDT. I thought this looked so dangerous, though, Joe. It, it like, I so thought safe. this could have, like, killed him. Like, well, that's what the Steiners did, man. He he, that a, was like a legit DDT from the top row. From, from Rick's shoulders, yeah. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, great finish, though, I thought. I mean, maybe it was dangerous, but it, Fred Tyler was okay. Gorilla, unfortunately, informs us that we'll be hearing a lot of this college music. <sighs> Fonzie has a very high three count. I just have to mention, you see that? Not that, that Fonzie. He's got his, yeah, no ultimate win. Yeah. He's got his armpit all the way in the yeah. air. Anyway, Quinn, another Alka-Seltzer commercial. The counterpunch <laughs> to NyQuil here. Yeah. More veterans insurance and then more Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> they, they double down on the last ad break here. They're like, we're going to fucking beat them. <laughs> like, that's it. And I, I think that NyQuil's out for, down I for the count now. They, they, they just, they, their ad budget, they've been, they don't have enough been to, re, to return fire here. <laughs> Promotional consideration is paid for by G.I. Joe action figures. Uh, Randy Savage still hates chips. And I got to ask, 
What the fuck's his problem with chips, by the <laughs> way? Like, I hate chips, and then he, like, crushes the bag. But my problem, Quinn, Slim Jims are no replacement for chips. Yeah, they're both salty. Quinn. They're just different texture, you know? Slim Jims do not even well, come close to a good bag I, of chips. I, can I say this? You can. In one night, would you have a bag of chips and Slim Jim, or you would, would you have a Slim Jim or a bag of chips? I'd rather have chips. No, I'm saying, like, you wouldn't have both in the same night, so it's, like, one or the other. No, I'd have Slim Jims earlier in the day if I went to the oh, convenience really? store to buy cigarettes, and in my car, i pick up a Slim Jim and eat I'm it. Just, I'm thinking maybe the ad here is really, like, you should get Slim Jims for tonight instead of chips. Who the fuck gets Slim Jim instead of chips? Eh, you could do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, his lordship shills. What was this? Tay 2, the arcade game. But he says it's like the greatest selling it's arcade game. The best arcade game, game of all ever. time, and you can play it now. Isn't that like Street Fighter or Pac Man or something? Like, <laughs> one not, of those. T2, the arcade. That was always the one in the corner because it was only one player, and like, it's you're true. like, it's got the gun and everything, and it was really it's got tall. The gun. It's and very big. Remember, you're, it's tall. If you were like a kid, you needed to stand on <laughs> yeah, something. I remember, to play yeah, it. sure, like, of course. Oh, bad. Back to Vince, who says this is the very last segment of the very last primetime. He invites us all to watch Raw next Monday. Uh, gorilla tells Vince, I let the gorilla keeps breaking kayfabe and like pegging things on Vince. He's like, Vince, you couldn't have picked a better spot. Like yeah. He just exposes him as the owner. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he really is pretty open about it. We hear a crash. Oh, boy. And then who wanders in? Jameson. But Jameson in a green suit with a sock hanging out of his he pocket. Looks like ass. Why is he like extra dumb now? Well, the thing is, it's like he's got the cheaper green suit. Yeah, like, not the gray one. It's not. It's it's as close to the like question mark insurance guy or whatever. You know who I'm talking about? Well, Ma- Matthew something or other. <laughs> you get government programs. If you read my new book, you can get yeah. fifty thousand dollars for a novel. Fifty thousand dollars for a coffee shop. There are government programs that give a hundred thousand dollars to open up a coffee shop. Fifteen thousand dollars to write a novel. Remember, like, like in the two thousands when he like returned and even like his question mark suits were even cheaper. That <laughs> It's like this Jameson right now. <laughs> oh, God. He's got an award for Bobby Jameson does, Quinn. It's not an Emmy. It's a corny because you're the corniest guy on TV. That itself was corny. I, yeah. I was like, really? A piece of corn? He pulls out corn. corny. I, come on. And he pulls out corn on the cob and Bobby's like, where have you had that? And Jameson's like, in my jacket. I got macaroni too if you want it. Jameson's funny. Bobby's like, get this guy out of here. <laughs> yeah, get this guy out of here. And then Bobby just runs off the set to throw up, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that, this show is so sad. It's just like, I'm done. Bye. What a way to end an eight year run. Jameson. Like, so, Jameson like ruins the ending. This is a time, as much as I hate to admit it, yes, it's very much the decline, is as charming as some things in 93 are. <laughs> and there's some good wrestling matches. This is the end of an era, truly. Right. It's, this hey, is we have good things. Let's do bad things now. Raw would start in one week, taking Raw, over the time slot. I'll say this. Raw was exciting for maybe the first five or six weeks, but then aircraft hangers and all this shit. So <laughs> I mean, that wasn't right away. But I know, but what I'm getting at Raw is had that, a good 93. Yeah, but I would say primetime at that, like by the end of 93, I'd still say like, I want primetime back. No. Like, I would. Yeah, definitely. Which version? I mean, you'd have to like go back the, to... The, the classic Gorilla yeah. and, you know, because Superstars was still okay in 93. Bobby left in 93, though. Yeah, that's December, true. so, I mean, that was it. That was the last ever primetime, the only primetime in 1993, yeah. and it wasn't very good. They didn't pick a lot of great memories, unfortunately. 
Yeah, what was that? They, there were so many good things they could pick. Like, I don't know, the time Bobby's lawyer showed up. Right. Or, like, stuff like, just all this goofy stuff. The only good thing they picked was the yacht. The yacht thing was good, it. yeah. Like, that was it. I mean, they went to AC together, remember, for mm-hmm. WrestleMania 4. It was all this, They remember when they went to the movie the premiere no for Bar? No Bar? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff they could have picked. And so we got Andre, like, making Bobby walk around in grapes. It's all the things, things that Vince thought was funny. It yeah, wasn't well. what Gorilla and Bobby were, like, Probably what they even thought was funny. You know what wasn't funny in 1993, Quinn? The WWF's bottom line. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> it wouldn't be, wouldn't be very funny for like five more years either. But folks, we hope you found this episode funny. Thank you so much for hanging in with us here as we've romped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. Next week, don't forget, it will be round one of the Royal Rankings of WrestleManias. We'll have another star to a jobber and we'll be reviewing something. Until that time, be sure to follow us on Twitter. If you haven't yet, you can email us. Or if you have a face group, join the the group it'll be a great time if you want to donate you can do that on patreon.com slash ovp podcast check it out at least see if you like it and if you have itunes apple Podcasts, if you want to leave us a review that would be much appreciated but until next week i am joe Murata. that is michael quinn and we are out of here see ya Welcome back, everyone, to the very last segment of the very last show of Primetime. And we certainly would like to take this opportunity to thank you for your support through the years. And we certainly hope you have enjoyed some of the more memorable moments of past prime times. And we certainly do invite you to join us next Monday night, live from New York, from the Manhattan Center. It's going to be Monday Night Raw, Gorilla. The Big Apple. What a You couldn't have picked a better spot, Vince. Well, and then again, some of us are real happy about it, and some of us aren't. I... I'll be there. You will? I'll be there. I may, I may take... You said anything can happen. Uh, there's no question about that. It's live. Yep. Speaking oh, of... no. Hey, James. Hey, Jameson, how are you? Good. Yeah, how are you, pal? Good. So this is the last show. The last show, and Jameson. I got a, present, a, a special presentation for Bobby. I don't want anything from you. I it's told you award. that. It's I don't want to. It's award. an award. Award. As if you're yeah. going to win an award? Yeah, because like he has it. You said you wanted an Emmy, remember? But we couldn't get you an Emmy, but we got you a corny. Yeah, because for you, the, corny. you're the corniest guy on television. Corn on oh, the that right. hob and look. Yeah. yeah. Where have you had that? My jacket. Mm-hmm. I got I macaroni, so, too, if you want that. What is it? Macaroni. Uh, get this guy out of here. Yeah.